Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. Come on now. Honey's on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps. Hey everybody, this is a show where we talk all things hunting and country music. From the classics through today. From big bucks to bull elk. We've got it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boots and Backstraps. I am your host, Shane Michael, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my hardworking and incredibly tired co-host, Tom Cat. Come on, now. We doing, TK? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking before we started the show about all the time we put in on our new mobile hunting shack, we'll yep. call it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, greased the bearings today and... Yep. Uh, Put on new wheels and did a lot. Fixed some wiring. Yeah. Yeah. When you're hunting and you uh, are not 20, you don't want to be sleeping on the ground in a tent. Did you take a picture of it? Of course I did. I even have a video tour. A video tour. Got that for $2,000. And it's actually in really good condition. It's really in good shape. Yeah. I mean, for being an 80s model camper, it's certainly older and it's dated on the inside, which gives it some sort of like... I don't know. Um, nostalgia. Yeah, character. But uh, it's in really good condition. It is. We were just nervous. You never know. Everything the works bearings were the sh- probably fine, but we pulled them out, put new bearings in, greased them, the whole deal, put bearing buddies on. A lot of messy. But, you know, at least now oh. we can drive down the road and we know we're safe. There's Tom's bed. Yeah, she's got a, an 80s appeal to it. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't, know you, I didn't know you guys videotaped it. She's a big fan Custom of wallpaper. Custom wallpaper. <laughs> There's a lot of really great things about this, okay? It's, uh, look at that upholstery. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, and the bunk beds. That's my other favorite. And the turlet. Yeah, I was going to say, everything on the camper works great except the shitter. <laughs> well, it works. It's just, uh, get, oh, <laughs> did you see Danny in the mirror? I did. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty funny. So we've got a great show <laughs> set up tonight. Uh, another uh, guest with a two initial name, which works really good. It's easier to remember that way. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because he's been a good friend of yours and a good friend of mine for a long, long time. And um, we we try to get colorful folks on the uh, on the podcast, and this guy is certainly colorful. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it quite mildly. I would say that our guest tonight is as or more tapped in to the local music scene as anyone else in the region. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we have him here tonight. And also, he's got his fingers in a few other projects that we're super excited about. Yeah, too. and I know I heard you talking a little bit about it earlier, and I can't wait to hear PT uh, elaborate more on the, especially yeah. the one up by Elk River. Yeah, yeah, ERX. And we'll obviously go long-winded on that because it's coming up in just a couple weeks. Um, actually, like three weeks, I think, right? Something like that. Um, so anyway, we're uh, going to start off, as we always do, with our Whiskey of the Week segment. And, and I brought in something that will be a little bit less favorable to the ladies, because this one has got a higher proof. This is a wild turkey 
Um, this is the rare breed specific edition. What ladies were you thinking of? Well, our Danny and uh, Jill and, and when we've got Nicole, they the typically... The girls we've hung out with would prefer a little stronger proof. Yeah, well, there you go. Typically, the, the ones that work with us here like the lower proof, and this one's 58.4, which means makes it 116.8% yeah. alcohol. That's a little bit stiffer. It's going to have a little bit more burn in the front and in the finish, but that's this is an excellent, excellent whiskey. So the deal with, with Wild Turkey, pretty much everybody knows Wild Turkey. You bet. Most people know the Wild Turkey 101, which is kind of like your standard bar rail Wild Turkey. Yep. This particular um, distillery obviously has a few labels. The Rare Breed's the one that I like. Um, it's It's... I would say comparable to like a single barrel jack. It's their premium. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Wild Turkey is it was the founder in the mid-1800s was originally a, a wine maker. And then in, in um, 1940, um, there was a trip, or I should say the late 1800s, this winemaker was with some friends and they were on a turkey hunting trip. And they were chasing what they called wild turkey, which is sort of where the name came from. Sure. Um, and then in 1940, the current owners came in. And so that at that time, it was this gentleman named Jimmy Edwards. and um, or, Sorry, Jimmy Russell. Jimmy Russell. And uh, he um, and his son and his now grandson are three generations still working this distillery. So it's Jimmy and Eddie, his son, which is where the Edwards thing came from. So Jimmy, Eddie, and then, of course, Eddie's son, Bruce all work in this distillery and uh, Jimmy is actually kind of known in the whiskey industry as like the grandfather of bourbon. He is sort of like the master distiller of master distillers. Hmm. He's res- revered and respected to be sort of the top of the food chain when it comes to master distillers. And, uh, and actually one of, one other exciting thing that to kind of bring into this one is we've talked about this uh, Hollywood actor a few times in this podcast, a gentleman by the name of Matt, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey was approached by Wild Turkey, the distillery, in 2015 to be their celebrity sort of like. Yep, I've seen uh, a few of his commercials. Yeah, and, and he actually sort of renegotiated when they first came in because he's such a big fan of, of bourbon and Wild Turkey specifically. He said, I don't want to just be the face and the advertising and the, you know, the celebrity spokesperson. I want to be involved in the distillery. And so they actually renegotiated the deal, and now he's their creative director. And so he's very passionate about the whiskey. He's very passionate about bourbon in general. And uh, so a little tidbit about Matthew McConaughey. But all right, all right, all right. Exactly right. So tonight we're drinking the uh, Wild Turkey <clears throat> Rare Breed. Well, let's give it a taste. We will indeed. You'll put that on the nose and tell me what you think there. And while you're doing that, we will intro our guest. So we hinted a little bit earlier about this gentleman being... The guy when it comes to local music, especially in the country scene, everybody knows him. He does radio. He does nightclubs. He does some TV. This guy does everything. He's got a patio party that he does weekly that... Former male dancer. Knock your socks off. Yeah, I think he was in Magic Mike, wasn't he? Yeah. Wasn't he like one of the main (laughs) guys? Former and current. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, help us welcome to Boots and Backstraps, P.T. It's great to be here, man. PT, thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it very much. And I'm looking forward to this whiskey, especially anything good enough for Matthew McConaughey is good enough for me, you know. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I let's get a, a clink and had drink to cut here, mine gentlemen. A little bit. Hence the different colors. Good to see you, PT. Yep, gentlemen. Cheers. Thanks for the opportunity, huh? Yeah, we've had good. some great bourbons. Isn't that nice? It's really good. You know, people overlook wild turkey. 
They do. You're just familiar with it. Wild Turkey is great. It's the 101 because it's sort of like the standard rail with your Jim Beam and your Jack Black label, that yeah. kind of thing. And so it's like, you know, they have other labels. They've got like six labels that they sell, including a rye that's really nice. But I like this um, rare breed. That is good. I also love the fact that that's what we can do here is talk and drink, right? Because that's kind of what, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that's what life is all about is yeah. like, you know, sitting around and, you know, telling stories with your buddies and, and uh, you know, probably trying to be a little bit smarter than you think you are or whatever. And They probably fact, frown <laughs> on that at the, in your day gig, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got uh, – I don't know if I could uh, – I probably uh, could get away with drinking a little bit. We uh, – you know, nowadays with the whole COVID protocols, you know, we're in the studio now at the Wolf, but there's not as many people in the studio. So I feel like Thunder and I could probably get, you know, get away with it a little bit. <laughs> Greg more. Thunder? Greg Thunder, yeah. He's working with you? Yeah, it's Thunder oh and PT. God. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like it's possible. I don't know, like, how long it would last. And honestly, a little later in the show, obviously, if we're getting a little too hard. But uh, you never know. I mean, they probably think I'm drunk most of the time anyway, to be honest. And you're on there, is it three hours? Uh, it's Now it's 6 to 10, so it's technically four hours. But, I mean, you know, the, the most of the morning show stuff is from 6 to 9. You know, after 9 a.m., a lot of people are sort of assumed at work or whatever, so it gets just kind of more music-driven. So Okay, gotcha. Remember I sent you that text? I was trying to remember my old friend's name, Greg Thunder. The one and you shipped to me? The one that I shipped over to you while we were driving? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I you know so he's I knew the guy. Me, you knew him. I knew well, Greg and I go way back. Oh, that's awesome! Way back. Yeah, he's a great dude. Great yeah, dude. We've had a lot of fun. Nice and a lot of stories. Maybe we'll tell some Greg Thunder stories. He'll be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a few of them. There's no doubt. There's oh, uh, there's no doubt. He's he's uh, spun a couple of spun a couple of good ones. Like while we've been off mic, and you know sometimes that's the funniest times is when you're like off mic. You and know, sometimes that's the only time you can tell. Right, some exactly. Yeah, stories. some of them. And you know nowadays, I think in this like long form, and you know, kudos to you guys with with boots and backstraps because in more of the long form, you can get some of those stories. Where I feel like now in you know in the radio landscape and certainly like in music driven formats, it's a little bit harder for oh, us. Oh, you're to up go against the bumper, right? It's like oh, you basically have like sixty seconds to get whatever it is you need to get in, you know. And, and some of it's a promo or whatever, so yeah. you're kind of you're kind of stuck a little bit with that. But so yeah, I love the I love I love telling stories and and certainly appreciate the opportunity to be on the show tonight, guys. Well, we're gonna tell some stories. Uh, we have some questions for you. Uh, yeah. We can uh, we can get into Greg Thunder a little bit later on after I have a little bit more to drink. <laughs> well, it would make sense with rare breed. Well, you know? I guess I should just ask you as long as we're talking about. It. He moved to Texas. He's with Chaos ninety five, and uh, he used to come into my restaurant quite a bit, okay. Red Oak, and uh, we kind of reunited because we used to do a rock and roll show at the Hog's Breath, and oh, Greg yeah. would come. Uh, he must have been working with. Well, I guess it was KS95 at the time, and a lot of stories back then. And then we kind of reunited, and he got married to a gal. Uh, she was a Playboy uh, in Playboy magazine. Then he moved to Did Texas. Did you know this? The previous, uh, maybe the previous one, I think, because it was like a dancer or something like that that she was. I think she was in, I think she was Who a dancer. Who the hell can keep track of his <laughs> wives? Uh-oh. Yeah. He's, the dirt is already flying. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a couple of, he's probably got a couple that I don't even know about. I think he's on three or four right now. I've met her. She's actually been over to our, our place, This the most recent one, Jess. She's a great gal. Um, we've had a couple of opportunities for just like my wife and, and uh, Greg and, and his, I think Thunder nowadays 
you know, he, he's definitely turned, you know, in, in the old new leaf type of a scenario. But he told some stories from back go. in the back in the Iraq <laughs> Z days. There he is right there. Look he's, at that old he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's told some stories from back in like the, uh, you know, when he was doing top 40 in New York, you know, in like the heydays of radio and whatnot and, and spun some stuff. He used to do a bit where he was on, I think, a station in Washington where he was like this guy and he was kind of doing the radio. And he was called The Smoker. And it's just, it's awesome. If you go to YouTube and, and look up The Smoker, uh, it's just really good. And he's, he's kind of like, he's a... You know, he's honestly one of those guys where, like, he's kind of from a previous uh, you know, era of radio, specifically. Yeah, uh, him and another guy at our at our uh, cluster on 104.1 Jack FM right now, Remy Maxwell, he's kind of in that same boat. And so it's really cool for me to be able to, you know, be around what I would consider, you know, like, frankly, like, kind of local radio royalty. And maybe not even local. I mean, like, national yeah, radio royalty, you know, you know, it's pretty cool. He and I co-hosted a, a fundraiser. Uh, I should have thought about this before I brought it up. The hockey player, uh, Brett Hedekin. Brett Hedekin's a good friend of mine. PT's a big hockey guy. I don't know if you know yeah. that. I was a big you hockey Brett. guy. Yeah. And, uh, well, I actually hosted it, and Greg was a guest. Oh, cool. And, uh, well, Brett lost his best friend here in the Twin Cities, and, God, he had celebrities from Hollywood sending donations like like nothing I've ever seen. Wow. I mean, I'm sure you've emceed some uh fundraisers and benefits uh, this you know you can just well his wife's christy yamaguchi you know and they just have so many great correct connections and it was just this amazing amazing fundraiser anyway it was a ball but he is kind of a legend because when i introduced him he got a huge <laughs> rush. No, no one knew the hell i was i had introduced myself i said ladies and gentlemen my name is tomcat uh uh, one of the founders of the WeFest, uh, the Rowdy Cowboy Show, uh, owned a couple clubs, you know, and I said, well, if and there's the, any- the cricket sounder wasn't yeah. playing or whatever. <laughs> no, I, I finally wound up saying, well, I guess if there's anyone here that already knows who I am, there's a good chance you've got a drinking problem. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, but anyway, Greg is, uh, yeah. I just want to say, do not <laughs> Google <laughs> Greg Thunder and Tomcat. It's, it's, it's not okay. By the Don't way, when you it. say to not do something, I put think it that's up here on the one, screen. Number one no, thing no, no. Do right there. It's, it's rated not okay. <laughs> it's rated not okay? Yes. Even for this show? Which is yeah. kind of saying yeah. something. You mean you've got something that you Google that Greg, and, Greg Thunder and I did together? Okay, fine. But I'm not opening the no, page. No, no, I'm just asking <laughs> you. It, is it actually I, them or is it? it no, it's not them. Oh, okay, it's yeah, it's the not them. Cat. Do you see oh, this? Okay. Oh. What is happening? It's no, not okay. I know, what you're, I okay, know where you're going. Yeah. Don't even bad. open that. <laughs> it's <laughs> too late. I can't unsee it. Can I get a wolf howl? <laughs> <laughs> I you never thought that that topic would come up. But do you know if you Google Tom Cat, K-A-T-T, and I, I got to tell you, I was going to open a, a banquet facility up in Motley, Minnesota. I lived up in Pillager. Long story. Okay. But I was in sitting with the city council, and there was these two old gals there. And they, I uh, was, you know, I said, you know, I, I'm probably not going to do this deal if I don't get some local support from you guys, blah, 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 long story. Anyway, the meeting ended. I never did do the banquet. But there was these two old gals there. I mean, old, gray hairs, and... As I was leaving, I could have swore they said, we don't want no porno star in this town. <laughs> and I kind of looked at them. I didn't know if they were talking to me or about me. Or I, and I just kind of forgot about it. 
And then one day my wife and I Googled Tomcat. And he's dead, but there's a famous gay porn star named Tomcat. Do you believe in reincarnation? Because I just started <laughs> believing in it. Yeah. <laughs> like that and I'm happened. like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, my God. Rim shot. Then, I love that. This is like two years later. The light bulb finally went off. I remembered what those tools. Yeah, they had Googled you. They sure. Googled me, and they thought I was a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the, and I, you know, you would think after all those years, but I never got on the computer much. I'm not of that generation. Yeah. And I never thought to Google Tomcat. And uh, it's on page two. Evidently, a couple <laughs> people have, and this guy is evidently dead now, and he's okay, a real it, greasy looking dude. You can also dude. find a vintage boy Tomcat cartoon. Gay costume there porn star. <laughs> so you if go. you want to like relive something, I, I don't know what's going on here, but we Did can you, get it. Yeah, we worn that before. You put Greg Thunder in there, and it's probably Tomcat Thunder Down Under or something <laughs> like that. I mean, seriously, <laughs> sounds like a good little bit. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Thunder's gonna have to see this. Oh, That's, well, if if you're gonna make sure watch this, I'm gonna talk a lot more about that clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, you know, he's, he's had to do that. He, when he was with Cast 95, like he hosted the, you know, like the Thunder Down Unders by the, you know, at the Medina and stuff like that or whatever. And I think he did maybe even one recently, uh, cause he was at Cities 97 not too long ago. And that's a, you know, it's a female driven audience. So I'm sure he had done that too. So he, wow. you know, he's, he has fun with it. I mean, he, he treats it very positively and, and, you know, he's, he has a blast. He's a good dude. Great guy. Yeah. It sounds like I, a talent. I can't DJ. wait till we yeah. get off camera. Yeah. <laughs> Got more to say. Oh, do I ever? <laughs> well, PT. As much as we love talking I'm sorry, about yeah, Greg. Well, yeah, that's uh, too, yeah. We can have him on the show some other time. Yeah, I suppose. He, he can have his own show. This show is yeah. about you, brother. Wow, appreciate that. So I wanted to start with like PT, <laughs> the early years. PT, the origin story. How did PT get interested in music? Okay, uh, so this is well, like pre-facial hair PT. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, like. Growing up, what's kind of funny is I, I grew up in, in Bloomington, so like a, a pretty big city. I mean, third or fourth biggest city in the in the state of Minnesota at some point in time. So like I wasn't by any means like a country bumpkin, as some people may. I mean, I don't know what they perceive me to be as at this point in time, but, uh, you know, I was into pretty much all kinds of music. I mean, I was into, you know, everything from Metallica to, you know, Snoop Dogg and rap and hip hop and R&B. And I mean, I didn't even really like country because my dad would listen to country in his car. And he would be like, he was one of those dads where it was like, hey, man, when it's my car, I'm going to listen to whatever I want to listen to. Yeah. And then when you get your own car, you can listen to whatever you want. But the sad thing is, is he ingrained so much country music in us by the time I had my own car. I wanted to listen to freaking country music. So I was like, his little plan worked out, you know. Yeah, uh, plant the seed. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was probably my early days into music specifically. But I often say that my mom, you know, was more of the, uh, you know, kind of the oldies but goodies, you know, Dan Donovan back in the day. I'm like, you know, the the cool 108 uh, back then, if, you, if you're familiar with that. that <laughs> I thought element. you were going to throw out some artists and you said Dan Donovan. No, I wonder like, how many people know who the hell he is. I, I know who he is. I doubt there's anybody. I, well, maybe there's a couple <laughs> people listening, but like literally back in the, you know, the really, I mean, my mom was a huge Elvis fan. And so like really my, my roots are, are very eclectic from a standpoint of music. Uh, country definitely my still my favorite, you know, to this day from a genre standpoint. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get down with anything, you know, I'll, I'll go to the karaoke bars and rip some young MC Boston move or whatever you want to oh, do. Man, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my, I think, my early days in, in music specifically. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think my dad and I would listen to like WCCO radio, like back in the day. And like, we would kind of talk about how cool it would be to be on the radio. And it was never really a thing for me. Um, until I was about like 27, 28 years old or so, somewhere in my late twenties. And I had a, a falling out with my boss. I was doing like, I was a sales guy. I was doing merchant services at the time. And, um, like I kind of started doing like a podcast back then and I was like kind of working on my chops and doing this whole thing. And I was like, I kind of want to be in radio, you know? And at one point in time, my boss just sort of like kind of pissed me off. And I finally was just like, I'd had it. And I walked into his office one day and I'll never forget this. I walked into his office and uh, I didn't have any other gigs lined up, by the way. I just walked into his office and like had my key fob there or whatever used at the time. It might've been just a, an actual physical key. And I was like, I, I basically slid my key across the desk or whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. And he goes, Oh, did you find another gig? And I said, Nope. I just know I can't work for you anymore. Yeah. And I walked out the door. Wow. And then, you know, did I he up, say anything when you're walking out? Not really. No. I mean, I think he just, he's, Speechless. it was kind of a scenario where like over the course of the previous, you know, probably three to six months, it had kind of gotten uh, like tumultuous to a certain degree. It was a small company. It was just like kind of me and him and, and a couple other people. So it was like pretty small. Is your first um, mic drop moment? It was, it was kind of a mic drop moment. I mean, like there's, there's something to be said for, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening, um, you know, have had a moment like that where they sort of said like, this is kind of a make or break type of thing. And it kind of was for me a little bit. And I was like, people are like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to go be on the radio. And they're like, what do you mean? You're going to go back to like, go to school or something like that. And I said, Nope, I'm going to go sell for a radio station. I'm going to learn what the business is all about or whatever. And then at some point I'm going to work my way on air and whatever. And you know, here we are 12 years later and like, you know, 10 years in the radio business and the rest is history. So that was, yeah, that was kind of my defining moment in like in music and radio, I guess. It's, um, it's cool that you made that decision to build the foundation. Cause most people are just yeah. aspire to get on the mic first. Like they just aim right. for the top of the mountain. It's like, there's a lot of stuff you got to climb over to get to that. Right. Well, I mean, so it's, it's no different than, you know, we talked about knowing a lot of artists and kind of cutting your teeth and stuff like that. And, you know, some of the best artists and musicians or whatever are the ones that, you know, they travel around, they gig, they sell merchandise, they build yeah. their following organically, right? And you kind of have Gina to do McBride. that. Right. Chris Christopherson. And you kind of look at it like this, you know, I think, you know, in the radio world, like I wanted to know how the radio business worked, you know, like kind of a full circle thing, like how, like... When you sell an ad, like why do like why do advertisers come to this radio station? You know what I mean, or or whatever this podcast or whatever platform it happens to be. And so by trying to understand like the full uh, three sixty approach, I think that gave me a leg up maybe over like other people that were just trying to, you know, maybe aspire to be like rich and famous. And let's be honest, any kids out there listening, if you're trying to go into radio to be rich and <laughs> you famous, ain't gonna like, be rich. it ain't gonna work. I can assure you. you Is this a rude awakening? You're here? not gonna be rich, and you're and you're probably not gonna be famous or maybe infamous. And infamous, I think that yeah. honestly, here's the other thing too. Because I went into radio when I was like 30 years old or whatever, I think the idea of me like. I didn't have visions of like grandeur. Like I kind of went into radio because I'm like, dude, you know what I, I am is I'm a radio. I'm a I'm a radio personality. I just didn't have a radio like station or a platform to do that. Whereas other people, maybe when they're younger, might go into it with the intention of like, I, like you said, I want to be like, I want to be on the radio. I want to be famous or whatever. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was more like I think this is I think this is who I am, and I just want to pursue that. If that makes sense, and, it does make sense. I know. tell you, I've had brushes. With radio, I've done a lot of commercials, did a little bit of radio out in Colorado. 
And most recently, uh, you know, Neil and I are good friends from Bob. Yeah. We were going to do the Tomcat Rowdy Cowboy Show on Bob. Okay, yeah. And we're I was there every other day, <clears throat> excuse me, practicing and going through it. And we talked about money, and um, all of a sudden, not just because of the money, I was like, why am I doing this? You know, I'm kind of done with the Rowdy Cowboy Show. Right. And there's no money in it. <laughs> there's no money. Like, <laughs> literally, unless it's... I, mean, I didn't really... <laughs> the only other thing that was left was notoriety, and I'm way past that. Yeah. I don't care about notoriety, and I'd like... I said, Neil, I said, I, th- I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. And, you know, we were ready to go, and I just... And you were cool with that, though. Like, you were at peace with that decision oh, to pass on it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Neil, I mean, truth be told, Neil gave me my first real right. break in radio. I mean, he gave me the, the chance to, to be on the air. Right. And, uh, you know, I've told him this publicly and privately that I, you know, I certainly appreciate that opportunity. And, and I owe him, you know, a, a major debt of gratitude for that. I love um, Neil. He's a great guy. Yeah. And we're nothing but great, great friends. And. I love. I He's love been in music. radio locally forever. I know. Oh yeah, he yeah he literally he is Bob when you know everyone thinks his name is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> right, they do. Yeah. No, I mean he's he's uh he's carved out a really strong. You know, um, you know, niche with 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 his audience, with their yeah. audience. Um, you know, a lot of people know I, I I have been a part of that audience. I mean, I think a lot of their their audience right now still shares a lot of like my audience personally yeah. and some of the things that I've been involved with. And so Neil and I remain uh, very good friends to this day. And I, you know, he'll be at uh, you know Living Music Festival. Like we'll get him up on stage or whatever the whole deal. So. Uh, but yeah, so he's a great guy, and I'm really appreciative for the the opportunity he gave to me. So yeah, great man. I, I noticed you turning around. We're gonna have to rework this configuration because yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't see what was PT's going on. PT's looking yeah. over his shoulder yeah, to see there. the screen, and when I'm looking at you, the camera's looking at the back of my head, and I think. Well, they're just trying to get the better, the better side. Yeah, no, I, mean, sure. just, I mean, that's my design. <laughs> I, I understand that. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure I'm not too worried about it. And I'm not worried about it in the least. I'm going to start kicking you under the table every time you start whining about this it. Is, <laughs> this is our third. All of a sudden, the table's broken. This is our, they won't even be subtle anymore. <laughs> this is about our fourth configuration. and Yeah, we'll get I'm it. like, I don't care. There's a squirrel underneath the table. Yeah, and it <laughs> and, bites. And, <laughs> and it bites, yeah. Shane puts so us all together, and I'm like, just tell me what to do, where to sit, what, what time to be there. And yeah. I'm I was gonna. I was gonna say, PT. Uh, one of the things that that both of you have, but because this is your show, then we're not gonna talk about Tom for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The, one of the things that you both have, but for you in this particular instance, um, that gives you that leg up is you have this unique brand, you have this unique sound, you have this unique approach sure. to what you're doing. Too many people that get in the business are just like photocopies of each other, right? And that doesn't work, right? If you're gonna have longevity, you've got to carve out your own lane kind of have your own thing. So there's definitely like a mantra for how you go about being a professional, whether it's on-air jock or it's an MC for a festival yep. or it's a nightclub MC or DJ, whatever. You have to understand like the, the professionalism that goes into that role. But to have long-term success, you have to be unique. You have to stand out above the crowd, right? And I think especially in, in country music, I think in that space like people will see through you know your your if you're not authentic like they'll see through that to a certain degree right, right. and i think that and I'm, I'm very grateful for that and thank you for the compliment i think if there's anything that i want to be 
you know, as a personality is I want to be genuine, right? So I want people to like hear me on the air and whatever, listen for six months or a year. And then I want them to meet me at a, at a, at an event and be like, Oh my God, it was the same guy that I met on the, like I literally, you know, it's just on the, maybe a little bit, you know, bigger because you're doing it like more on air type of a thing. But I think I take a lot of pride in trying to be me and, and, you know, hopefully people like that. I mean, to your point, like not everybody, not everybody likes everybody. Right. So like they have you different can't. styles. Exactly. So you just got to kind of be yourself. And if you can be, you know, the, the best version of yourself and hopefully you've got some things to your point that, you know, people are, you know, attracted to. And of course, I mean that in, in more of like a plutonic sense of like, if you have an attractive personality that people want to be a part of, you know, then, then maybe you've got something, but yeah, I agree. If you try to be somebody else, you know, it may work in the short term, to be honest, but like, I think long term, um, you know, even if it works long term, to be honest, it's like, I don't want that. Like, I, I would rather, I'd rather live, you know, one life being me than a hundred lives, you know, being super successful as somebody else. You know what I mean? Well, so. there's, there's two things I'll say. The first of which is, is obviously you and I have known each other a long time. We've spent yeah. a fair amount of time together off of recorded devices. Probably most <laughs> of the radio career that I talked about. I mean, honestly, we've probably known each other for seven, eight years at this point in time. You yeah. Know? And so I was just thinking about all the times we've spent together, including Wings at Serums. Mm. You are who you are. Like, you're just, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no punching in, punching what out. What is Wings of Serums? Like some of the greatest wings around, serums. They got the big fifty. In uh, yeah, in Anoka, they got that big fifty platter. Oh, it's a bar. And the I think to be honest, I feel like <laughs> I the the pizza tray is what people love about it because it comes out on like a big tin pizza tray, right? Yeah. And it's got you know fifty wings in there, so you usually get like I think you know five different. God, that uh, makes me hungry. Oh my god, it's so oh. good! Like it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's a club downtown Anoka bar. Yeah. It's called Serums, yeah. and they are known for having like I a got huge you. The selection wings of wings at Serums. Yeah, yeah, we we go there, there a few times. Yeah, we go there a couple times, and actually, you know. We, to be honest, my first introduction to the Rowdy Cowboy show, I think we were at Serums talking about like how we were going to incorporate it into PT on the patio, right? Yeah, because right. we were doing this idea of like you know kind of me as an MC and maybe like you and and you know KG uh, being Great. there and being a part there of we it. Go. And there it is, right? So there that was that was the original days of like is the Rowdy Cowboy you? show. How about that? Huh? Pre facial hair. That hair. <laughs> Which you know, sure last, no when I hair. saw you at, we did a thing together at. That was like eight years ago. Where was that? A long time ago, almost ten years ago. Pavliski's. Yeah, remember? Pavs. Pavs on you, like was that sixty five or whatever yeah. over there? Yeah, Central. The original or the the one that his son owned. The original. Okay, so that one was like old ten and Central. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we did right. a yeah, thing yeah. there. Yeah, but Andover was the sons. Brad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did a thing. I introduced there, yeah, Brad I did, to his wife. I didn't Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. She was hanging out the hog's breath, and Brad was hanging out the hog's breath. They, they, they fell in love. I mean, bang! They're like, just. Can I share a funny story with you guys, real quick? <laughs> yeah, please do. So I was up there with uh, Kenny Flex and yeah. Killer Kyle. Killer Kyle works for us normally yeah. as our statistician, but he's not here tonight. Okay. And we were up there seeing Hairball, I think. Okay. So it's a packed house. This is the like the Pavs, not Pavlitsky's yep. Pavs, the newer one. Yep. And uh, Brad's place, Brad's place. And I ordered a shot of Jack neat and they brought it over in a plastic cup. Cause you know, there's a bazillion people in there that I handing out glassware. That's mm-hmm. fine. Like I get it, but it was like the short pour of short pours. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the bottom of the solo cup has that like little indent. Yeah. The first basically little thing. Didn't even <laughs> like that. barely got yeah. there. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I've been drinking Jack for 25 years. I'm like, I know what an ounce looks like. Yeah. That ain't an ounce. Yeah. And so I just told the, the, 
when our uh, server came back around, I was like, hey, this is that's a short pour. That's, there's no way that that's an ounce. Yeah. And you're supposed to get more than an ounce if it's neat, right? You're supposed to get sure. an ounce and a half, two yeah. ounces. You know, yeah. this should be generous. Yep. This is like a half ounce probably. Yeah. And so she's like, no, no, it's right. And I'm like, it's not right. <laughs> so she sends Brad's wife over to the table. <laughs> Who tries to argue with me okay. and saying, no, no, that's definitely, I'm like, that God, is not I wish you'd have brought up my it's name like, at that point. Get a shot glass right now. So she says, well, we use jiggers. And I'm like, go get your jigger right now. I'm like, I'm like I will put 20 bucks on the table right now. It says that that's not an ounce. I love it. And she's like, okay. So she goes to the bar. She gets a jigger. And we poured it in the jigger. Wasn't even half. Oh, that's awesome. And she was just like speechless yeah. to stand there staring at me. And I'm like, I've been drinking Jack Daniels a long time. And I knew right when she set that cup down, that wasn't an ounce. Right. And I go, and, you know, between you and I, when it's a neat drink, yeah. as opposed to like a cocktail where it's mixed over diet or Coke or whatever, they got to be a little bit more generous. It's funny that they were like that hardcore about the situation. Yeah. It's like, dude, you got hairball in here. Like, and people it's are rocking. bucks for a shot. I was going to say, like, we're just, we're going. Like, we're crank. Like, you probably wasted more time and energy and resources. You know, trying to get it figured out. And it, right? this is like 15 years ago. So at that point, you know, yeah. they're probably paying. Drinks were flowing. They're yeah. probably paying like $15 for the whole bottle. Right. I got to tell, I gotta tell you shot. my Brad story. He would hang out in the DJ booth. At Hogs at, Breath? At the Hogs Breath. Okay. And he's like, who is that girl at the bar? And I said, well, that's, I don't remember her name. His wife now. And yeah. I said, but I knew her because she, that was, doesn't know what she was a regular. <laughs> so I introduced him and I swear yeah, to God, I never saw him again. They went off and they fell in love and they were like, and then all of a sudden they just started banging out babies. And it was like, well, geez, there was no beating around the bush on there that. There you day. go. They were meant to be together. That was a fun spot. Did you ever do anything with that club? Uh, not really. It was, I would say it was probably, probably a little bit more like ahead of my time in terms of where I was in, yeah. in like the events business. Cause I, I kind of came into it. Like again, hot and heavy, like seven, eight years ago, and even my first three years in radio, technically I was I was a sales guy. So, you know, I think it was just like probably not like like past, like previous to my time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my even even back in the day, like I don't even know if I was a like a clubbing partying guy. I mean, I turned into a clubbing partying guy. I went to Wisconsin Madison for college, <laughs> uh, and I definitely like had you know the experience there. I mean, it was a great school on top of everything. But I definitely drank a little had, beer to Jeff. Definitely had some. Have, I went. I never drank. Uh, is that school. a credit? Believe it or not, I, I literally. Well, it absolutely is. You get you get several credits for your uh, ability to drink. I'm telling you, uh, but I, I never know about drank. all the Wisconsin colleges. I, seriously, like until. Uh, Spring of my freshman year of college, I had never drank booze at all. So I literally pledged a fraternity as like a, you know, a sober guy or whatever. And I told him flat out, as I said, look, I'm going to pledge this. And there was a bunch of good guys in it. And I really loved what was going on. And I pledged it. And I said flat out, I said, if you ever force me to drink, I'll leave. I'll leave in a minute. Because the way I looked at it well, was. That's pretty good. I said, I said, like, I, I'll be a part of this organization if it's based on like the merits of who the people are or whatever. Right. And they, they stuck by it. They were all good. And then I, of course I did start drinking, uh, you know, obviously, and I've had a lot of, they fun can tell you weren't from Wisconsin. They, they knew I was from <laughs> Minnesota. No, but I think, I, you know, they drink my, a fair amount of SCSU too, though. Look, they drink everywhere. Oh, like don't, like, that's the thing. Yeah. people would be like, Oh, Madison's a big party school. And I'll be like, okay, River show Falls. me a yeah. Show me a school that Stout isn't. Is you, know, a I mean, big you can party. find you can find Mancato, schools wherever you want to go that are going to be a great party school. So Absolutely. I think you need to like you know you need to define your existence in college 
based on, you know, hopefully something other than just like whether or not the school is a party school. Because Madison, it was very much work hard, play hard. I mean, people, you know, people that go to or get accepted as some pretty, you know, prestigious schools use Madison as like their backup school. So like, there's mm-hmm. still a pretty, it's a still a good school, but I definitely had my fair share of good times too. No doubt about that. Fantastic. Well, the <laughs> second thing I was going to say, PT, um, is I'm going to roll into a little radio segue here. Please do. As you talked about Look at this guy. you being genuine. Yeah. You know, not my first rodeo. Yeah. It's not, it's literally not your first rodeo. Literally not. So my, <laughs> you being genuine also sort of rolls right into this everything you touch is gold brother because you have got your fingers in a lot of other things and it seems like every time you start something it just takes off like wildfire so i was gonna like have us kind of go right into this midwest cmo business because i'm super impressed with what's going on with it we got matt gronke that's going to be on the podcast in september yeah Um, super good dude obviously great dude yeah in fact he uh we we brought him in um, as sort of an artist, but also like kind of a business producer guy. One of the reasons why, like, I wanted to bring him onto the board and the leadership is because I think he has the ability to see the music industry, but yes. like from a lot of lenses. And I think yes. anytime you're in a leadership role, especially in an organization like that, that like serves members and serves other people, I think you have to have a, an incredible amount of empathy and incredible amount of the opportunity to be able to like, you know, see things from multiple angles. And we're kindred spirits because he's a cancer survivor. I'm a two time cancer survivor. 100%. So we connected back in the day when he was going through all his stuff, when Midwest CMO was first started. Right. See, right. M-O? Yeah, so let's 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 back start up. back there, PT. You get okay. this idea. Back up. What is CMO? Yeah, let's let's go back to where the concept came from. Sure. So um, originally, it was actually um, a conversation I had with Tom Pickard at Lay Music Room uh, up in uh, up in St. Michael. Great guy, been in the music business for a long time, and at the time, I was quitting Bob FM. Okay, so I knew I was going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus, at least for a short period of time. And he was I remember kind that of, Facebook Live. <laughs> he was kind of pitching me on this idea of like, you know, somebody could create an organization, if you will, that was like sort of, you know, a conglomerate of like, you know, country musicians and, and artists and bands and venues and just like kind of like radio stations, whatever, in the upper Midwest. And, you know, like kind of like North Country, like association, business association, whatever. And we got together with a bunch of other people and we came up with like the basically the Midwest chapter of the Midwest, like of the CMA at the time. Okay. okay? So we were, we were going to call it the Midwest Country Music Association. So Midwest CMA. Okay? Well, what's his name involved with that? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan's Ryan. also on the board. Yep. Yep. And so, so I reached out to a bunch of people that like I, you know, at the time, like, I'll say trusted or like kind of thought that had like um, some skill sets in different areas. Um, my, my business partner now, Ali, Ali Grack, uh, used to be Ali um, Gilbert uh, from a marketing perspective, Ryan Pilgrim from a financial perspective, uh, Drew Sherman, who used to be with Maiden Dixie from like kind of a band artist perspective. And I'm like, we're going to start the Midwest CMA. And we got together some other people in, in a room and they're like, well, don't you think we should not call it CMA? Because like, what if the CMA comes after us or whatever? And right. I'm like, dude, I've done tons of research. There's the Texas Country Music Association. There's Arkansas Country Music Association. There's West Coast Country Music Association. There's all these, you know, uh, uh, geographical areas and then CMA, okay? I'm like, they're not coming after us. And frankly, if they do, that means we've made it. Like, literally, (laughs) I I remember sitting in the room telling everybody, you know what? And, of course, this is kind of like sort of that maybe that pre-daughter, you know, (laughs) pre-daughter cocky PT that I've, I feel like I've settled down a little bit where I'm like, you know what? If they come after us, that means we've made it. Well, 
turns out two years after the fact that we uh, got a cease and desist letter from the CMA. Really? We tried to um, rectify it a little bit, but we decided that not to, and we decided to rebrand us as the Midwest CMO. So now we're the Midwest Country Music Organization, I not remember, Association. We so, had a, we had a yeah. discussion with Ryan Pilgrim, yeah. but can I back up a minute? Yeah, you sure. said Ryan Pilgrim and his financial expertise, you mean... Ryan Pilgrim and his drinking beer expertise. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, the lattes. lattes. If you, yeah, if you if you want Coors lattes, uh, he's really good at those. No, I mean Ryan has a uh, he's a you know as you guys you know had him on the show, so you know these. Uh, he's a very interesting character. I think yeah. he has a lot of experience, certainly in country music, which is why like I think that would apply and appeal to him. But also like what he does for a living. Um, is kind of on the like financial side of the equation. I think yeah. he's sort of, in, or at least he was at the time, kind of involved in a little bit of what I would consider like mergers and acquisitions with bigger companies. And uh, anyway, I'm a big fan of trying to find people to like align their passion and purpose, especially when it comes to like volunteer and nonprofit stuff. And and good people, yeah, and good people too. Like yeah. uh, that's one dude. thing. Yeah, like I, I will say that I've been very blessed um, in, in my professional life, uh, like over the last whatever five to ten years. To um, to be associated with a lot of people that are like very good at what they do and that have you know maybe that same you talk about like the same genuine like authentic driven spirit that is like you know like ethically sound and just doing things like for the right reasons you know what I mean and so I've been very blessed with that and I I'll be the first one to say like I I'm very. Um, I'm very grateful with the people that I've been able to surround myself. You have a good with. bullshit meter, so yeah. a bullshit detector. <laughs> I feel, yeah, thank you. I feel like that's an important thing in my business, and I, I often describe my 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 people um, as like concentric circles. Okay, so like I've got like my inner 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 core people, right, and then like you kind of go outwards a little bit, and you know, on the air, I obviously I say oftentimes like, hey, you know, your old buddy PT, like everybody is friends with PT, right? right. And that's fine. But like, you know, you go in inner circle, inner circle. And so when it comes to like starting organizations and stuff like that, like I really try to stick in like those first inner, like those first inner rings, I guess, if you will, you know what I mean? What time is your, what's time slot do you and uh, Greg have? Uh, Mornings. So 6am to 10am. You know, my pet peeve has always been whether I'm traveling and I'm listening to morning shows and listening to morning shows here, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this or talking about it, but I've always like, God, these people are not comedians, but they laugh at everything they say. Sure. And yeah. I'm like, that's not funny, and you're laughing so loud it's hurting my ears, and I'm turning the knob Click. off. But I'm going to have to tune into you and that jackass friend of yours <laughs> <laughs> because he's funny and you're funny. I mean, you just guys, you guys are just naturally funny and have good sense of humor, I guess is what I'm saying. So I guess I might find some humor. You know, I mean, obviously we got KQ, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry. Tommy B? Tommy. He's going to, he, I'm sure he's not watching our program. But he'll be <laughs> I pissed, doubt it. I mean, he'll be pissed I that I show, forgot. I I doubt it. He'll be pissed that I forgot his name. <laughs> well, but, he would be too. I, you know. So it's funny you bring that up because when it comes to like a comedian, right? Right. You know, I don't, I don't even really, I don't consider myself a comedian. And when people say like, I don't even really consider myself funny per se. Like, I think I am, you know, relatively witty and, you know, like I I feel like I'm quick witted and maybe like there's things that happen in my life and in existence that 
are funny because right. it's just like a, it's you know the old fish out of water type of situation, whether it's something I'm doing or saying or whatever. Um, so, but I think that's important, and that's a good. I, I I agree with you. I think if you're trying to be a comedian, um, you know, yes, there are p- people on this earth that are incredibly gifted comedians. Right. I'm not one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, you have. But what you're saying is exactly right, and. These people that come on radio shows in the mornings, no matter where I am in the United States, I'm like, you're not funny. You know, say something relevant. Right. But guys like you, guys like Shane, and I think guys like I used to be, we have a good sense of humor. Right. I think there's a fine line between being trying to be funny and just being fun. Right. It's like whenever yeah. I'm with you guys, I always have a great time. Right. No matter what we're doing, right. we just have fun. It's, I think that's what like is a uh, creates a magnetism to your whether it's your fan base or like you talked about your circles going into Fockers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're outside the circle, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Fokker, you're not in that circle. <laughs> so it's like if people just want to be around you because they know that you're just going to be fun. It's going to be right. a good time, right? And yeah. I think that that's the that's the idea. That's, in fact, it's got to be very appealing for people to watch or listen to you and uh, Greg, because I know Greg, and I know you, and you two guys together, and I didn't even know that you guys were doing your own show until we, right we now. We actually changed the, uh, you know, when that when they put that graphic up, we just said mornings got just got more fun, I think is what we call it, right? Yeah. Because that's exactly, I think you're absolutely saying that, that's totally honest. I mean, that's, we look at them and go, you know, people just want to have a good time. They, like, they just want to, they, you know, they're going to work in the morning, you know, hopefully they, they like their job. Some of them may not. Maybe they're bummed or whatever. And it's just like, if I can tune in and listen to Thunder and PT and just feel a little bit more positive about whatever it is, you know, the day that we're about to embark on, like, that's really, that's all we get to, that's all we really want to do. And it's a I pretty cool thing to be able guys, to let people into our I lives. I can imagine you two guys like brighten the morning up. I, tomorrow morning, uh, what is today? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> Tune in. I, you know, unfortunately, don't, I'm on don't paternity lie. leave. You don't do mornings. I'm on paternity leave. Oh, you uh, are. Yeah. So I'm. I'm taking. I thought a- you were looking a little heavy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Could be. Uh, could be a girl. Could be a boy. We don't know. Now you guys have uh, streaming though. Like the so people could go on demand and check them out on the website, right? There is some of that stuff. Uh, we we've got some Speaking of the best of maternity stuff. Leave. Pater- oh, look at that are you beautiful kidding angel. Me? Is that's that my your little daughter? daughter. Yeah. So that's uh, that's oh Olivia Grace. We call her Liv. I wish my wife was here right now. That is the fruit just... of his loins. Yeah. It's a human being. <laughs> they didn't think we could do it. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yeah. She's beautiful. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's without question. I mean, fatherhood oh. is, uh, it's, it's, it's changed me. Not necessarily. I mean, I don't think like drastically in terms of the person that I was pre my daughter and post. Um, but it has certainly, uh, changed or, or improved my perspective on life, uh, yeah. more than any other Preach. than maybe other than losing my father to, to, to suicide, which, right. you know, eventually we'll get into later on as well. I think those two moments for me, are very defining, not from a standpoint of who I am as a person, but in terms of the way that I I view the world okay? right. and like your perspective. It's and I, I think perspective, and, and you know, as being a, a cancer survivor, I think that's another thing where you can look at that and say, you know what, man, like when you have a scenario where like you can really truly realize like how much tomorrow is not guaranteed right like you just the way you look at the universe man is is different is it's it's different you know and and so um with now with my daughter regardless of what happens in a given day and of course like we've we're kind of coming out of this you know this whole covid and pandemic or whatever deal it's like regardless of all of that noise and all of the just the you know the the ups and downs and roller coaster of life you know you come home and she 
looks at you, you know what I mean? And she smiles at you <laughs> like, you know, and you just go, oh, God. Oh, there it is. Like I, you know, that's life, right? That's life that's, right there. That's and so, perspective right yeah, there. And so I think that's very powerful. And there, yeah, she is. I think I woke her up from a nap right there. We were on a hike and I think she was trying to take a nap in the, uh, she's in got the back that. of the Who backpack that? there. Yeah. Who that looking her eye? Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she, so that she's great. And, you know, being a dad, like I said, is a, is a great thing for me. I'm, I'm, I've been just loving it. And, and, uh, it's been a very, uh, very cool ride, and it's only been you know eight months or so into it. So I'm very looking forward to the next twenty years. Wow. I had a, uh, an interesting. That's a big deal. Had an interesting challenge um, with because you know Emily and I have four kids now. Yeah, you have a full house, man. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so the, our twelve year old was um, from Emily's p- previous relationships. Okay. I've only been in Michael's life since he was two. Okay. So I've been in that dad role with him for ten years. By the but, way, can I just compliment you for having four kids? You don't have a lot of like gray hairs going on, like a lot of like. It's the beard, but the top. She, okay, I was going to say he's hiding it a little bit. I was like, man, yeah, this guy for four kids. It's like, okay, there you go. Yeah, in the facial hair, it's definitely. Because I'm telling you. No gray up here at all. I was a bachelor. I was a single guy for a long time. No issues with grays at all. The yeah. minute that the wife and daughter come around, all of a sudden, they're just popping. I just like woke crazy. up and it was there. I literally, I show her in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I go, Brooke, there you go. That's yours right there. And I point at that little gray hair. And I'm like, that was yours right there. So, yeah, there she is. Uh, we were at... Uh, Amit's Apple Farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, great place. Thor's. Yeah, Thor, uh, the apple cider Not there. Me, Thor, I, I, wish I, was, uh, I wish I was Chris Hemsworth. Thor, that's where the Thor thing comes from. But uh, Amit's Apple Farm, was a, that's actually where I asked her to, uh, to marry me. So I got, oh, I, we got engaged there. And uh, I had a uh, guy with whom she really, really loves, a local guy uh, named Dan Rodriguez. He's kind of country folk, I would say. He's not super, like, mainstream country. Incredibly talented. I would say he's one of the most talented performers that I've ever uh, experienced. Wow. This Dan Rodriguez. He's incredible. And, um, and he, I, she, he's got a song called 25 Years, and it's this idea that basically they're dancing in the kitchen, and he wants 25 more years of this, like, moment or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so I had him come and surprise her. So he performed. He, like played that song for us acoustically in a row at Amit's Apple Farm, and I got down on one knee and, and uh, asked her to marry me. Did she cry? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, she was pretty excited. Yeah, yeah fantastic. And then I had hit a, I hit a uh, photographer. Good so on we, you, we caught, we caught the uh, the photos, like, kind of live action or whatever. So That's pretty amazing. Cool, yeah. Look at special. you with the big plan. Yeah, we're trying, man. We're trying. Yeah, <laughs> problem is, then you got to you got to up it every year. You know, now the birthdays and anniversaries and everything. It's like the you come I'm start, in that spot. Yeah, you, that yeah. Spot. Say, Danny, I took can my wife to Mexico on a surprise up? trip when she graduated, and it's just like, now where do I go from there? Right. You know? Yeah. Where do you go? Right. Well, and actually, I, funny story. But uh, before you go back into this, uh, my wife, she's she's been married before. Okay, and she's from Georgia originally. And the guy that performed at her wedding was a guy named Zachary Brown. <laughs> the Zach Brown. So no before way. he was Zach Brown, no he, he wrote a song and performed at my wife's previous wedding. So now me. I'm like, what the hell do I got to do? Do I got to yeah. bring freaking Kenny Chesney to my like? Who, who's going to play at our wedding? Like I got it. Unbelievable. Garth, Zachary yeah. Brown. Zachary, Zachary Brown. Yeah, she calls him. She's like Zachary Brown. I love Zach Brown. Yeah. Danny, can you bring that picture of uh, his wife up at Amit's Apple Orchard again, please? <laughs> now, is this when you proposed to her right here? No. <laughs> At the at the beer garden, <laughs> so it, it was uh God it was uh we did a fake engagement photos because we went there in the fall and did like the, oh we should take pictures type of thing or whatever, and then the following year proposed to her and then the following year we took some maternity photos there so Amit's Apple Farm for whatever reason has kind of become like one of our spots I guess yeah. I, you know it never really had anything special ahead of time just 
kind of a good location. We just did an event there, actually, a client appreciation party at Thor Cider Bar. Nice. Because the one of the guys I used to be on a team with, but now we just sort of, like, collaborate. Okay. We're independent. Um, his daughter, his oldest daughter, her best friend is dating the one of the Amit brothers. Oh, cool. And yeah. so I was like, hey, it's we'll, a great just, place. we'll get an in. Oh, it's super cool. It's very it's, rustic. They've yeah. got this, like, western rustic barnwood feel inside the, the Cider Bar area. I know, cool. I'm real familiar with it. My the family. jalapeno one? Oh, super good. And yeah. I think, honestly, like, there's something to be said for, like, fall traditions and, you know, some of that, some of that, the, the apple harvest stuff or whatever. And, you know, I think Amit's is sort of a, I, think, I feel like people just sort of feel it's like kind of a Minnesota tradition of sorts. Absolutely. Or at least an apple farm, wherever they want to go. Amit's is huge. You get down around uh, La Crescent, Minnesota, on the Mississippi River, that apple harvest, you know, it's Tremendous amounts of uh, apple orchards down there. Yep. I turkey hunt and deer hunt down nice. there. Oh, it's a huge deal. Huge deal to fall. Right. Drive down 61. As a matter of fact, when you get down to Lake City and there's the apple orchard, just tons of apple orchards. Gorgeous fall cruise, by the oh, way, too, by the man. way. I would say that, I would say between, in my opinion, the cruise down like a 61, down yep. that route in the fall, um, or obviously like a North Shore cruise, right. like between those two. They're the best. Uh, I mean, those are, that's, you know, and fall, I love the fall. I know like, you know, hunting is a big thing in the fall, obviously. The fall colors, I love the the crispness in the air. Yep. You know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big two months, the first two months of every season, I love. You know, and it's like, coming to fall, I'm super excited, and then it gets a little colder, it's like, all right, let's get into winter. And then the snow comes, and you're like, all right, Awesome. Now, granted, winter Minnesota lasts a couple extra months or whatever, but then (laughs) spring comes around and you go, all right, great, you know, snow melts and everything, and then pretty soon it's not warm enough to do the summer stuff, so then it's like, I want summer. But then, you know, around this time, like state fair time, I welcome the, you know, for me, I'm not a big, like the heat, I'm not huge on that. Me either. So, like, I welcome the fall weather a lot. Like, I love it. Fall is my favorite, well, obviously. The hunting season. Just love that time of year. But I also love that weather, you know, 70 degrees and the leaves are changing and the bugs are Do you remember coming out of Colorado and filming that yeah. just lane of fire coming out of there oh. with all the leaves and stuff? Oh, it's just gorgeous. The aspens are on fire. It's actually, I think we, I think that's in the footage of the intro. We're driving out true. of backcountry, oh, we're coming yeah. out of Colorado. And it's yeah. just like all these leaves and stuff everywhere. Well, and two, this is something super, super small, but I think a lot of people, maybe this is just a Minnesota or like Midwest thing, but... There's something to be said in the fall of the year when you can open up your windows yes. at night. You know what I mean? And you got that air conditioning. Oh, just the gorgeous like fall, and it gets you know it gets kind of chilly sometimes. You know, forties or fifties or you whatever. Sleep in the fall. That way. Oh, it's gorgeous. I want it get love nice it. and chilly, man. I love, love that. It. Yeah, I it's absolutely just, love. You know what? It's the simple things, boys. Am I right? Well, let me give you a little bit of like dad Cheers. advice here. Yeah, please do. As we're talking about my <laughs> clan in the house, I, uh, something I can't do. I accept. I accept all um, all advice. So the thing that I've that I've learned in my run of kids, because like I said, with Michael, I came in and he was already two, and so I have only been in his life for for the ten years, but I missed all like the firsts. So it wasn't like I was in this mode of regret because he was already through all that. But when do you Emily consider him a big part of your life? Like, oh, huge. Do, you, do you know L.V. Shane's song "My Boy"? Does that song get to you? Are you <laughs> I don't, familiar I don't with know that song? Okay, look up. It's a new song. It's a song by L.V. Shane. Okay. okay. And it is a song about basically like a being a bonus dad. Yeah. And I can almost tell you right now, it will, it will get you. It'll it's get so you good. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's so good. I'll, I'll check it out. My boy. It out. Yeah, check it out. Michael and I have a lot of stuff we bonded over, hunting okay. being one of them. So okay. he's gotten into archery, so we shoot together. Cool. 
Um, I've taken them to some festivals and things like that for, for archery. Yeah. And so we're, we're kind of going down that road. But what I was trying to say is, is Emily and I's first child together, Grace, who's now okay. seven, is our, our only daughter of the four kids. We have three boys and a girl. And when Grace was born, I was so wrapped up with work and all that stuff. I wasn't really paying much of attention to her. It was like, Emily's job is kids. My job is work. This is before she went to school and got her doctorate and all that. Okay. And so she's just stayed home mom at that point. And it was early in our marriage. And I remember that in her, I think Grace wasn't even quite, she might've been six months or eight months or something. And I got diagnosed. Mm. So then I was on my back, you know, dealing with chemo and all that surgery and all that crap for almost a year. And I missed like all of her firsts, her first word, mm. her first steps, her first teeth, her first, ever, first haircut, everything, all that stuff. So I'm going to get like emotional just talking about it. Yeah. So that's like a, I still have that regret now. Mm. So I told myself that's not going to happen again. So Jackson, who's our next child, who's now almost four, was like, I want to be part of his life and, and, and witnessing all those things right. and making sure that when he gets older, he remembers that I was part of his life and all mm-hmm. those things. And, of course, Tucker now, who is our guy that's a little over nine months, and I'm even more so in, involved with his stuff. Yep. It's just like you can't, don't take, I mean, people say it, don't take it for granted, don't miss the moments or whatever, but that's, that's what I'm trying to echo yeah. here is just take advantage of every opportunity you have with your little one because you don't get them back. Dude. Let me tell you something. The Kenny Chesney tune, Don't Blink. Yeah. Like, yeah. that song gets, she's only eight months old, and that song could be playing right now, <laughs> right. and I would, like, be, be in tears. You know what I mean? And because I think you're absolutely right. Like, the, like time and moments, like, pass by, and, and you know, like, they, they do go fast, and it is cliche, but, like, life rolls pretty quick. And, you know, what do the people Especially say? Especially as you get older. The days go by slow, but the years fly by, or whatever it is. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think that if there's anything... Maybe from a silver lining standpoint, when it comes to like COVID and the pandemic, and is if you look at how quickly some of the things that like we maybe took for granted, like were essentially taken away from us, if you will, everything, by, which by the way includes people and like you know even like grieving after a loss, like yeah. you know, we we lost my my uncle not to COVID here like um, three four months ago, and we just recently had like a little outdoor gathering but it's like of life or whatever but like you think about it for three or four months we were all like kind of in limbo with like the fact that we weren't able to like grieve this so there's just if there's anything that we should take from this last 18 months or whatever to me it is that very point that you just made which is that you, you have to really embrace and live deliberately when it comes to the people that you want to be a part of and have in your life and the things that you're doing because your time is the only thing that you have, like we all have the same, we don't have the same amount of resources. We don't have the same amount of money or whatever, but guess what? We have the same amount of time and you get to spend that time doing and with the people that you want to be a part of. So you better, well, you better do it with the people that you care about because once that time goes by, man, it's all you got. So dropping knowledge bombs over here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I'm, that was a deep cut. Yeah. D- deep drop cut it. Yeah. Drop it. Yeah. It was great. It's, oh man. That's it means crazy. a lot, man. It means a lot. Yeah, so, so that's, I mean, uh, now that you're in dad mode, yeah. do you find that to be a challenge because you do have, I mean, like Tom and I, you have so many irons in the fire. Oh, yeah, it's real hard. It's like, my wife is very it? patient, as <laughs> Emily as well, you mentioned. Yeah, it's, like, it's like literally, you know, my wife is... Thank is you, Brooke. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we love you, sweetie. Thank you. Um, I think, you know, uh, there's two things to it. I think number one is 
again, you just got to be very, very um, smart about managing said time, right? So, you know, you just got to be very mindful about like, you know, you look at my calendar, it's it's relatively slotted out, right? So it's like, hey, man, here's when I've got time to do these things that I'm a part of or whatever. And I think that, you know, that's a big part of it. One thing that I do is uh, my wife... My mom comes over to our house and helps two days a week. My wife works three days a week. But then I have one day a week that's my daddy daycare day. So, like, I'm basically, my sole responsibility is to make sure Liv stays alive. You know what I mean? Like, which is a full-time job, by the way, that's right? Like, go. It's a big go. deal, right? And now I've been busted, you know, like, every once in a while, I'll throw some Zoom calls in there or whatever. And Brooke's like, hey, like, your job is to take care. So, but it's cool because I've, and I've even, like, I've sometimes I've posted you know, her and I'll go down to the dealership at, you know, DOB, Dodge of Burnsville. You know what I mean? I was like taking her to the station one day. I had to cut some some commercials, you know, and I'm sitting there cutting an ad and, you know, lives over there in the car seat you know, like in, the, in the studio looking around what the hell's going on, you know, dad, you know. So, like, I take her with me on daddy daycare days on Wednesdays is our day. And, uh, you know, so that's a very special day for me. Like, I take, you know, I take a lot of pride in being like, hey, man, like, this is the day I get to spend with my daughter. And for the most part, the people that are in in my life, you know, they know that, right? Like I've kind of, like I've kind of said like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm relatively unavailable on Wednesdays. You know, it's like when she goes down for a nap, that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can pop a couple emails out or whatever, but you know, you're not going to get a lot from me on Wednesdays, at least until Brooke comes home, you know? So the other thing is, I don't really sleep. Perspective on all of that. When you stay up till 10 o'clock at night and then you get up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, you only sleep four or five hours a night. I'm not sure how many more years I can do. That. You can't. We'll see. You can't. I'm past that. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I I don't know. I mean, that's this guy. He just can't sleep though. Well, I have a hard time sleeping. Sleep, but, he you sleeps know. during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the rim shot? That was beautiful. <laughs> you know, yeah. As a club disc jockey for so many years, you know. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I never got to that bed was the before joke. three. <laughs> now I'm. At this stage of my life, for crying out loud, I'm trying diligently to get to bed by midnight. Sure. Which a lot of people are thinking, midnight? Well, if you get to bed by 10 or 11, good for you. I've, all my life was up We've just three. been delayed, yeah. I've been up, and I would get up at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And I said, you get up that late? And I'm like. Going to bed at 3 or yeah. 4. Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, and. I mean, Shane, I know that you, like, have also in the past lived kind of that tricky double life, right, where you're up doing, and, um, you know, I think, um, I'm not sure if you've had him on yet or will have him on, but Jake Nelson's got a tune, Double Life, you know, and it's... Yeah, he's on our list. That's awesome. He's that That is a thing that, like, you know, a lot of people that are out chasing dreams and, and doing their thing, they are living a double life in, in some capacities, and, like, fortunately for me... Um, I've been able to sort of craft the things that I'm a part of that sort of intertwine together, if that makes sense. So then, you know, even though I've got a lot of irons in the fire, as you say, you know, they, they do kind of intersect so that like by building up one of them or by, you know, maybe making an event for one of them or whatever, I I can kind of like bolster the other one as well. So it's a little bit of that, you know, that, that, uh, combined aspect, I guess, you know. You kind of get good at, like, juggling everything, yeah, right? Yeah, you kind of have to. The structure's important. And a big step for me this last, so a year ago next month in September, I hired Jill, who is our right. stu- our studio manager slash talent coordinator. Yeah. And uh, so she's now working for my real estate company full-time as my executive assistant. Nice. And that Huge. just changed the ball game for me because I realized all last year, as busy as I was, trying to keep it all straight was almost impossible. 
So bringing her in and letting her handle some of that structure right. for me and saying, here's where you got to be. This is what you got to do. Now, was that hard for you? Because, you know, being oh, a kind of a self-made huge. guy, right? It's hard, you know, like, I'm a control freak. I'm a, you know, definitely, a con- you know, there you go. I'm the other corner of that cloth. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you know, for it's really hard to do that, right? It's, it's hard to find the right person or people, you know, and it's, it's hard to ultimately trust them with, you know, whatever it is that you're like kind of, you know, tasking them to do. But once yeah. you do that and once you, um, not relieve yourself of those duties, but just sort of change the narrative of how you're involved with it. It can be incredibly powerful. It's like right? a half a finger off the reins at a time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I hired her a year ago. She's just now doing some things on her own now. You know, right. It's like, I, well, you know, but it's not, and it's not, uh, you know, I've had situations like that where it's, not, and it's totally not on them. Like Jill, obviously crushing or whatever. It's on you. It's on me. It's on our, you know, lack of willingness to like let go in some capacities. You know what I mean? And that's a hard, that's one of the hardest. I think if, um, you know, if I'm being honest with myself when it comes to leadership specifically, that's one of the hardest things that I've had to learn. And, uh, I think the leader that I am today in 2021, you know, compared to the leader that I was three, four, five, ten 10 years ago, I would say that the ability to delegate and the ability to be comfortable with like giving somebody else like, Hey, here's kind of like the vision of what I'm kind of, you know, thinking like, what can you do with that? And, and like entrusting them, that's probably the biggest part that I've learned. It's one of those when you and TK, you've been down this having trains. So I'm many. listening to you guys and I'm like, okay, been there, been there, been there. <laughs> yeah, trained right. DJs all over the country, Retired. you know, <laughs> doing consultation in restaurants and working with, you know, club managers and bar managers and yep, restaurant yep, managers yep. and their staffs and all that kind of thing. You have to get to a point where you realize I've hired Allie or Ryan or whoever, right? Right. Because of this particular talent they have, and you got to trust that they're going to do their job correctly. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Once you tell them what you need them to do, then you got to like take hands off and say, "Just right. do it." Delegate. It's, it's hard from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think, because sometimes I, one of the things that I struggle with quite a bit is the ability to. It's like I know what I'm doing, so I'll just do it. Like I don't. I'm not going to sit here and write down what I want to do. Like I'll just do it. Like it's easier. For, does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So it's like it's just easier for me to just kind of take care of it and i think that's where you have to get out you say okay take a couple extra moments and like kind of figure out what it is that you want to accomplish and then be able to like kind of turn that over to them and that's the part that you know when you're moving 100 miles an hour sometimes is tricky and i think that's where um being able to to stop a little bit or to you know say slow down i think just slow down you and be gotta. more strategic is just has been very helpful for me in the last probably, you know, like I said, probably two to two to three years, I think, specifically. Yeah. And as you get older, you learn to delegate more and you learn to relax more. You spend more time with your family. It's just a process. Yeah. Yeah. You're at that age where you do that. What are we looking at here? And like we talked about, we want to. Oh, there's uh, we found that's Dan Rodriguez right there. That's the proposal right there. Dan it took Rodriguez. me forever to find it. That's why oh, I lo- no. that's why I forgot the rim shot. Sorry. No, it's no big deal. So at some point in time, like I said, Dan Rodriguez, he's he's actually, I mean, truth be told, he's not a you know he's not a member of Midwest CMO, and he maybe at some point in time, like I said, his music is probably a little bit more. I'd call it a little more like if we're using radio stations, he's probably a little more Cities ninety seven than he is like the Wolf or whatever. You know, he's more like that. I think he was on tour with Tyrone Wells. Um, before this, but just uber talented. And, uh, like I said, he's got a tune called, uh, 25 years. That's kind of her jam, but, uh, there's a, he's got several others that are really, really talented. So he's a good guy. You know, if you're, uh, like me and a lot of our listeners right now, you're still probably wondering something about what you said earlier. 
You're a cancer survivor as well? Uh, I'm not a cancer survivor. Matt Gronke. Yeah, ah. Matt Gronke. Yeah. I got you. But, I thought you said you were as well. Nope. Yeah, so I know that Shane and Matt share that, that commonality. And I even though I don't share that, um, I remember talking to, well, actually both Shane and Matt, but like. The first award show. Yeah. I mean, like having that those conversations and those really kind of like, you know, pretty serious conversations about like, hey, man, like, how are you doing? You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that, you know. I'm I'm in the in the mental health space uh, specifically with living and whatnot, and I think I've tried to be more, just more cognizant. This about, is like, teeing me up, by the way. About asking people, you know, like, hey, man, like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think we we say how are you doing in a very like you know just in casual. It's like yeah, it's just yeah. very casual. But um, you know, and I had some really uh, good conversations, like I said, with both you and Matt about. You know, sharing the, that journey a little bit of what is it, what it's it like, and and uh, you know, I, I I hope like hell I don't have to experience that journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, or I hope like hell my dad did beat cancer um, um, at one point in time. So I mean, I've, I've I've experienced it relatively closely, but not me personally. And like I said, I I hope like hell I don't have to experience that. You know what I mean? I would love to only be able to you know, sympathize as best I can with be your support. Yeah. Be supportive. You know what I mean? And whatever that is. And, and, uh, you know, I think when you talk to someone, you say, like, what is it that I can do to be supportive of you and your journey? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now that he put the ball on the tee, I'm going to go ahead and whack that thing out of the park. <laughs> Cause when we come back from our break, we are going to get right into this other project that you've got going, speaking directly to mental health awareness, kind of a small project, suicide prevention, yeah, <laughs> tiny project. We've hinted at it a couple of times with the, the music festival next yep. month, TK. So that's a tie-in to that. So when we come back from break, we are going to dive right into Living Foundation and let PT tell us about how that got started and what it means to him, his experience that, that sort of like created that, what is now a monster here locally. I mean, I have seen Living stickers all over the country, driving around on the back of people's all vehicles. Over. It's pretty all cool. Over. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, it I is mean, powerful. It's something that uh, there's not a lot of things that you know get me speechless per se, but like the seeing the growth and development of the living movement and some of the the stories that have subsequently come out of that, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it, it's a chills thing for me for sure. Yeah, I've got a tear shed moment. I'm going to share when we come back from the other side of this, and I'll I can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. So, yeah. folks, before we let you get out of here, because uh, we are going to take a little break because we got to keep the lights on around here, <laughs> let the sponsors get their bit in the middle of this uh, conversation with PT. Um, we do want to ask you to go ahead and pinwheel that like button, make sure that you're subscribing and that you're sharing all this content, all the different platforms. Um, obviously, we're, we're primarily on YouTube, Spotify, um, and uh, um, let's see here. So YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, and, uh, and all the audio platforms available out there. You can go to our link tree, and you'll get all the different options for where you can listen to or watch this show. But do us a favor and do that right now, and then when we come back from the break, we're going to have some great content here with PT. We'll see you in a minute. Boots and Backstraps is proudly brought to you by Homes by Shane. Make your move with the Homes by Shane team. Commitment to community and unparalleled customer service are the foundation of this Remax Results referral-based business. Their driven team of experts communicate with their clients every step of the way, ensuring a memorable experience from the first conversation through your closing day. Go to homesbyshane.com. Let's get you home. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Boots and Backs, uh, Backstraps podcast. <laughs> Sorry. 
We've been drinking. I was just thinking about the conversation we were having a second ago, and it distracted me. So welcome back to the Boots and Backstraps podcast. We, of course, still have PT in studio. He has uh, agreed to graciously stick around and regale us with more stories. As we promise, we will get into the Living Foundation and all things tied to that, among other things, with this second half of the show. But before we get to that, TK... It's time for us to do your segment. Oh, we're going to do that now? Yeah. PT, I'm telling you, I'm just fascinated. Uh, I, I knew you when you were quite younger, but, man, you've become so articulate, and uh, your voice is wonderful for radio. And oh, well, thanks, you man. And, uh, I just can't compliment you enough. I mean, and you're, the birth of your new daughter, my gosh. Pretty cool So many thing, great man. things have been much. happening in your life. I'm very impressed and very happy for you. And um. Before we do that, can I, I want to ask him yeah, a question. Go. What's the deal with uh, Mark Paul? Mark Paul, my, Your like my cousin? cousin? <laughs> yeah. So Uh-oh. I guess not really a deal with him uh, except for the fact that he so. Well, there's a deal with him. Yeah. Well, so I would just, <laughs> I would say he was, so he was a cousin of mine several years older than I was. So like growing up, we would have family functions and he wasn't always at the family functions uh, because he had a diff- like he had a couple there was some different scenarios with like moms and dads and stuff like that right yeah uh, but he every time he was there like it was like an awesome thing to me so i was growing up as like an <laughs> 8 9 10 year old kid being like oh man mark paul was there whatever like my cousin and uh, so now I've, I've like kind of connected with him a little bit recently and it's like, it's hilarious. Cause he laughs at me. Like I say, Oh my God, I was so excited when you'd be at uh, family functions. He's like, dude, the fact that you were looking up to me like that was just ridiculous. It is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Cause he does not worthy looking up to. He's a great guy though. Good dude. And I just got a chance to meet his daughter uh, at an event recently and his wife as well, which was cool. Yeah. So yeah. I've known Mark for many, many years. That's awesome. We were talking, I was over at Gander world and, uh, and he said, you know, he's been watching the podcast. He says, well, do you know my cousin, PT? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, he's going to be on the show, I think, the 25th. This is a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Really? And he's like, yeah. I've I've had so much fun with Mark. Good I, dude. I, I needle him a lot, uh, him and his organization, and uh, he's worthy of a lot of grief. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeful to, at some point in time when I can afford it, uh, purchase some type of a, you know, travel trailer slash, you know, camper unit from, from him or something that he's connected to because the, the camping bug has definitely gotten yeah. into like my family specifically with my wife and my, and my daughter. We've kind of done that not only this summer, but before. And I just love it. And, you know, you can call it glamping, maybe, I guess, because you're doing the travel trailer and all, all that right. kind of stuff. But, we, you know, we've got tents as well. But I'm not going to tent with an eight-month-old, okay? Like, I'm just not. Don't so. well, do were, it. Yeah. If, thank you very much, right? If you were tuned in earlier, you saw, you saw the camper that Shane and I bought for right. uh, heading out west. I love and, it. And putting in the woods of, the, of Wisconsin. So it was either that or one that Mark had for me for twenty grand, or the two grand <laughs> one and a little effort in fixing it up a little bit right. more and, I guess we just chose to go with the two grand one. Well, we've got some ingenuity and a little elbow grease. Yeah. yeah. It's worth an extra zero, I'm sure. we don't care that it's (laughs) two extra zero. As Danny mentioned so eloquently, the upholstery doesn't bother us. No. (laughs) Hey, man, for a hunting shack and whatever like you're doing, look. It's super Gucci, You got what you need, man. It's Gucci. That's about as bougie as you need to be right there. I've been waiting through this whole podcast to throw Mark's name out there because he's a great guy and – um, I'm just going to 
end this conversation <laughs> before I get a little too carried away. Well, you've uh, got to get carried away with some WeFest stories, I hear. You got, uh, well, you got we have one. some celebrity photos yeah. here. And he hasn't seen him, and we haven't seen him. Right, we haven't either. I'm super excited to see who it is. Danny's the only one that knows what they are. But just so, so that the uh, viewing or listening audience, now the list, ones that are listening on one of our audio-only platforms will not obviously see these photos, but we will say the names right. as we disclose them. Uh, but if you're on the viewing plat, one of the viewing platforms, you'll get to see the photos here as we reveal them to TK. And I'm actually going to show them to PT first. Nice. These. Uh, this is kind of a fun Love segment because for the last <laughs> Tanya Tucker, and this is because he brought her up last week when we filmed. Yeah. And so I'm sure Danny was like, "Okay, there's got to be a Tanya Tucker story here." <laughs> Tanya Tucker. I'm sure there is, and I want to hear. She's it. a. She's a hoot, man. She just had. Uh, well, if you've you've been to the WeFest, have you not? Oh, I have just once. You, you ever seen the Walk of Fame? Yeah. Well, everyone, all the artists would put their hands in cement and sign it. And well, she just got new taters. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that. <laughs> so she didn't want the fries. She wanted the burger with the taters. <laughs> so instead of putting her hands, she put her tater tots. Not she fries. put her boobs in the cement and uh, signed her name and. I can tell you a story, a guy that I used to live in Aspen with, and uh, he was pretty much my best friend for many, many years through the 70s. And up until, Anyway, he was at the WeFest with her, and we were doing photo shoots. And I do a, you know, a lot of photo shoots with different artists. And I could hear Peter on the other side of her. I said to her, I said, do you mind if we give you a kiss on the cheek? She says, yeah, go. Give me so Peter and I are kissing her on the cheek. Nice. And I have that photo somewhere. And then I hear Peter on the other side. Do you mind if we stick our tongues in your ear? (laughs) (laughs) And she says, "Come on, boys." (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't going to back down from nothing. No, not at all. Over there laughing, and she came to punch in. Yeah. (laughs) There's, you know, she's a legend. She's a legend, and. uh, you know who told us great stories? Her name is in how many songs? Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. who told us great stories about her was Heidi from Hitchville. Right. Heidi actually lived with her. and PT might know her as well. I do. I know her. Yeah, <laughs> Heidi and I are, us are great friends. And, uh, you know, living you know, that life. Do you know the backstory with PT and, or PT, T, uh, TK and Heidi? I do not. You, you tell them. That'd be good. You got to tell them. so. My wife lost, watches some of these. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi was his last girlfriend before he married Lynn. No way. Yeah. You right. did it. Heidi from Hitchville. Good for you. <laughs> so, so Heidi's going to say, well, that wasn't really the way it went. <laughs> and I'm going to just end that right there. <laughs> uh, I love it. So anyway, Tanya Tucker, man, total legend. But, you know, Heidi did give us a little more insight into her personal life. She did. And, you know, I'm sure you know, PT, that a lot of these celebrities, you know, when they're out on stage, life is great, man. That's what they live for. But sure. a lot of quiet, and, uh, you know, she's not married and doesn't have children, and uh, kind of like my cousin that just passed. Um, a lot of lonely time. Yeah. And uh, But <laughs> Tandy Tucker, man, that great gravelly voice, Delta Dawn. And then all of a sudden, when we had her at the WeFest last, I said, well, you are on a new hit parade when I brought her out flowers. Yeah. She just said hit after hit. Uh, bend with the wind. Uh, that's not the correct name, but when the tree bends. She had like five hits in a row really late in her career, and it was in the 90s. 
And it was just amazing. It was so cool for her. Kind of like John Anderson's rebirth. Yeah. When he had the resurgence of all these big hits. But just, uh, I mean, she's country music. I mean, is she in the Hall She's got to be in the Hall she of Fame. She has to be. If she's, she's in the not, Opry, for sure. I'd say she's very much a legend when it comes to country music. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So anyway, she's a pretty Tanya fun. Nice. Uh, Do you want to stick your tongue in her ear? <laughs> She's a she wild says child. Yes. She, she does yeah. say yes. She said, yeah. Ready for round two? Ooh. Oh, nice. <laughs> Big uh, Kenny. John yeah. Love. Big and rich. Big and rich. Well, you know, when it, when, when it comes to I the segments. I want a couple guys like the whiskey and the bourbon and stuff like that. You know, people Steve ask me how the entertainer. Well, as you probably know, PT, you know, about 99% of them are the greatest people you'll ever meet in your life. Oh, yeah. And there's only just a few that. Look at the baby really faces on those guys, too. Really aren't that sociable yeah. or kind or whatever. And then you can give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they had a bad day, like the female entertainer we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's got nice stems. <laughs> right. Taters. Well, these guys went into the campgrounds. I'll never forget uh, being in a golf cart with these guys going through the campgrounds. And I don't know. This isn't uh, NBC or CBS or ABC. The girls were going crazy. I mean, they're throwing their tops off and dropping their drawers. And, and I mean, I can't imagine, other than a few years at the Hog's Breath, living that life. <laughs> well, the women are just, but they're just, well, musical geniuses, yes. both of them. Talented. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Rich is certainly a businessman, business-oriented oh, yeah. guy. Well, he won the apprentice, didn't he? Yeah, he actually won it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's just a smart, smart guy, and he's very politically Kenny's savvy more of too. a hippie and just living life and loving it. But a, yeah. a talented, talented musician, and who doesn't love Big and Rich? I mean, yeah. their hits, their songs, "Save a Horse," "Ride a Cowboy." Are you kidding me? Yeah, I got a good Big and Rich story for you guys. Well, good. Let's hear it. I'd say hit with, hit us with that. So when Emily and I got married, um, it's no probably secret to most of the people out there that know us, but we're proud practicing Catholics. So we got married in, in the church and uh, one of the sort of like pre ceremony um, meetings that we had with our priest, he was talking to us about our music because they had a music director there that we had to meet with and talk about the okay. hymns and things like that. They were going to be part of the ceremony. And he was very specific about saying he can't have any secular music in the church. Okay. He just can't. It's a rule. As you know, Tom, Tom's very tied into the, into the, especially the local Catholic church. One of his uncles is a, uh, a big wig, Father Wilsbacher. Father Wilsbacher. Mm. So anyway, um, we they their pianist there is a nationally world renowned. His name is Stephen Anderson, Stephen C. Anderson. Okay, and he's incredibly talented pianist, and he's a very good friend of my wife's family. And so we met with him because he was going to be playing in the ceremony, and so mm-hmm. he had kind of some direction from the musical director from the church. But then he met with us, and he was just like. You know, let's talk about what you want to do. And we're like, well, we're huge country music fans. Yeah. And Father said, we can't have any country. And he's like, what songs do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and so Lost in This Moment was one of the yeah. ones that we really I wanted. Say, that definitely, I would go that one for and sure. And he was like, just tell me what they are. And we're like, okay. So we gave him a list of like four or five of our you know really favorite big-time country songs that we thought would be cool to be part of the ceremony. And you would not believe how he found a way to just, he's playing something, you know, Catholic. And then all of a sudden, na, 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 it just <laughs> comes out. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I would say that yeah. most Catholic churches awesome. these days allow secular music. No. 
Oh, yeah. No. We had some in Michigan. I thought you were going to say that he played loss in this moment, and nobody knew the difference. Like, like the pastor was, like, uh, just assuming it was, like, a Catholic. How, how That's would exactly you know what happened. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, he just played it. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And we noticed it yeah. because we know the music. Yeah. And, like, but, our bridal party were like, how did he do that? Yeah. But, like, nobody from right. the church said anything to us. Right. Because they didn't <laughs> notice. He's like in the brilliant. middle of playing one of the traditional church yeah. songs, and then also he just starts mixing in some George Strait. Brilliant. Yeah, and nobody noticed. Which one? Across uh, my heart. Uh, no, it was uh, me or? Uh, no. Um, dang it! Get carried away. Get carried away. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's good. George Strait's got a bunch. I mean, you know, big and rich, incredible uh, performers, and and uh, uh, just a lot of fun at their you know we talked about fun in the first segment i mean like just there's got a couple guys who just go on stage and just have a blast you know like that's what they do and they put you know? they dragged i mean dragged might be the wrong word but uh, cowboy troy was been at all of their shows for i don't know how many years what a good dude and too. he was just yeah. on the side of the stage hanging out with us doing shots and having a ball and he's and a huge human being his, yeah huh? he's, yeah, he's there, a yeah. great big guy <laughs> made him a deal and uh so it was cool tk that they, you know, like so many, like Sugarland and stuff like that, and they kind of went their own directions for a minute, and then they came back together. Yeah. yeah. They're so much better together. Well, just like Jennifer and we've Christian, talked so about much better this together. before yeah. in the world of any music, whether it's rock and roll or any kind of music, you have a formula that made you successful. Yeah. You break that formula in any way, shape, or form, all of a sudden you're Brooks and Dunn, you name it. Whatever it took to get you there, all the bands that are broken up through history. You got to stick with that formula because right. that's what got you there, and any form of that formula ain't going to work. Put the ego point. aside, yeah. figure yeah. it out. It's a great point. I would be willing to bet that the percentages of like bands or duos or whatever yeah. that like were a thing and broke up and whatever, yeah. it's got to be like ninety ten in terms of not working out versus working. Oh, out. Like, absolutely. I'm just trying to think of like any on top of my head, like. Maybe Justin Timberlake with NSYNC or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's a solo thing like that or, you know, right. Michael Jackson with the Jackson 5. And this is obviously not country. Peter Cetera, like, Glenn Fry. You know, There's a few that have had some success right. in solo, but, like, for, but You're right. Many. For the most part, I mean, like that's these are like the exceptions to the rule and yep. not the norm. There's no doubt. Yeah, you got to stick with that form. I mean, right. obviously, Beyonce was Ozzy. a huge. Ozzy. <laughs> I go. mean, Black Sabbath was awesome, yeah. but Ozzy Oz- was a monster. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Speaking the, of that, I just got a, a chance to see that that Green Day uh, show earlier this week. You did the, the Green Day Follow Boy Weezer bit. Where did they play? Uh, at the Target Field. Okay. And like, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I went to that concert thinking it was just going to be a fun time with my brother. And it's like, I know some Green Day tunes or whatever. I think I knew like one Follow Boy tune. Um, you know some Weezer. I know some Weezer, but the thing is, we didn't even get there in time. We got there like seven thirty, and Weezer was already done. We thought we we thought <laughs> I was going to go Follow Boy Weezer Green Day, and it went Weezer Follow Boy Green Day. So we like miss Weezer, but whatever. It was a great show, and uh, but we were laughing because Green Day was playing a couple of tunes where like they must have been the newer stuff where they were kind of like feel good about life and stuff like that. And my brother and I were like, like no, woke. We, we, well, yeah, like well, like. No, we want the old school, like, teenage angst, like, I'm mad at my parents' green day. Yes. Like, that's what we're here for, you know? <laughs> that's what made them huge. Right. There was so much, yeah, it was, there was, like, a lot of, like, teenage anger in the audience, except for the teenagers were now, With you their know, parents. Yeah, like, they're now, like, 30 or 40 years old. So, so, yeah. 
<laughs> which is super weird because then they're there with their kids. So. Or with their kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was a great, it was a fun show. But it, like the kids have the colored hair and the t-shirts. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like mom and dad are like, no, don't color your hair. It's like, oh, that was you like 10, 15, 20 years ago. I've seen the photos, yeah, dad. like literally, dad. Some dad's got a visor on. He's rocking out to Green Day, and I'm like, dude, look at this guy. Look at this. He's wearing flip flops with, with right, socks. Right, seriously. He's got Crocs and socks and a friggin' visor and. all right well let's uh let's get back to pt here yeah so we hinted before the break tk about the other projects that he's got going in and and i know we um uh talked a little bit on the break about some of that stuff and uh, and so i'm super excited to to actually let pt get into this passion that he has about mental um, health awareness suicide prevention that kind of thing coming from a crazy working with another crazy yeah Hanging out with a couple crazies. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, more common than we think, I think. You know? <laughs> so let's go back to where the sort of like inspiration for this foundation, because obviously we, it's wildly popular. So I want to start there. Let's start with the inspiration. Sure. So, uh, well, you know, certainly appreciate that it's wildly popular. I think we never, um, we never went into it thinking that it was, uh, you know, all about being popular. It was, it was about spreading awareness and, and starting a movement, really. Um, it kind of goes, my, my, my buddy and I in college would talk about like this idea of like living, you know, and you talk, we talked about Matthew McConaughey earlier and living and like L I V I N and kind of like, all right, all right, all right. And the whole deal. Um, but this living idea was sort of this thought process where like, again, you, you get an opportunity every single day to like be the best version of yourself. So make sure that whatever you're doing, like you're finding that right. Which for some people is music. Other people it's, you know, uh, cars, other people it's camping for some people it's running. It might be music, like whatever it is. Naps, naps, like naps might be living for you, you know? And so it's like, we used to call each other and be like, Hey man, like, you know, what'd you do to live today? And it was like, Hey, I worked hard on exam or I called my folks to connect with them or whatever. And that was kind of living to us. And it never really meant anything in terms of mental health um, until 2013 rolled around. And I, I, I lost my father to suicide. Okay. And uh, he was, and, and really still is like the most important influential person in my life. And, and maybe like a lot of kids, you know, looking up to their dad and, and thinking that um, he is and was, an element of Superman, you know, and to, to have that happen, you know, to him, uh, was, as I mentioned before in the first segment, like it didn't, it doesn't define who I am. Like I don't introduce myself as like, Hey, I'm PT. I lost my dad to suicide. But like that moment and that, that time in my life really helped to shape my perspective, you know, in like very, uh, more than anything else. Okay. And, like the reason that living came about is because subsequently I battled myself after losing my father. Okay. So like, you know, I, I tried to find in my life where, where I had my purpose and everything. And I had some, some pretty dark days, you know, like I think when you, when you lose somebody or you go through, you know, we talked about a cancer battle or like whatever it is that you might go through, um, in this life, like you have these, these times that are very tricky, Right. And like, I think for me, it was, you know, finding some kind of peace with like talking about it that ultimately got me out of that. And I remember I was on Bob FM and I ramped up a Vince Gill record, Go Rest High on That Mountain, Mm. you know, and I I dedicated to my dad. And I really started like talking about like my loss of with my father and like how I had subsequently battled with it and, you know, was trying to get better and whatever. And I was at an event after that and a guy came up to me 
and he said, hey, can I ask you a question? Like, which one of the DJs at your station, like, talks about losing someone to suicide? And I said, that's me. And he said, I just want to thank you for doing that because every time you talk about that on the air, it gives me some strength and some comfort that I'm not alone. Um, And it turns out he had lost his niece to suicide, like, earlier that year. And so, needless to say, like, I talked to him and, you know, kind of, like, like hugged him a little bit, said thank you for sharing that story. And, you know, I kind of left that moment thinking to myself, That's like... no small deal for him to come up and share that right. idea. Like, this is a big deal. Like, you know, kind of a total strangers, right? Like, we didn't know each other from Adam, you know right, what I mean? Right. And so, like, for, for us to all of a sudden be having this conversation about an incredibly deep topic, you know what I mean? An incredibly you know, powerful moment. And for does it him get to deeper say, than that? No, I don't for, think so. For him to say to me, like, thank you for like sharing your story and talking about this. Like I kind of, all of a sudden it like it hit, it hit me that like, we need to be more willing to have these conversations, like these difficult conversations or just conversations about our own mental wellness to, to prevent suicide, I think to make it more okay to like have these conversations. One mm-hmm. of the things that we've talked recently with Livin is that, you know, it's funny, you and I can, we can run into somebody in an elevator, right? And have a 20 minute conversation about the weather, right? But we can't talk to our friends and family about like how we're doing mentally, right? And it's weird. It's so weird, isn't it? Like how, how backwards is that, right? So like, I think we're setting out to change that. And so when, when living was sort of created through that, we just basically were like, we're going to put living and specifically hashtag living on at the time it was shirts and hats and bracelets or whatever. We're just going to like start conversations in everyday life about, you know, our own mental wellness and, and the, with the hopes of, again, starting conversations in order to reduce the stigma. And then we say, get busy living, which is like our mantra, like get, get out there and like get, get deliberate about your life and get deliberate about talking and sharing your story and about listening to others as well. And subsequently, like you said, you know, we've, we've fortunately had a lot of, uh, I think it's resonated with people quite a bit because you start having these conversations. You don't have to go very far, you know, much like cancer, right? You don't have to go very far to start finding other people that have been affected either by suicide or mental illness. I mean, they say the statistics are like one in five people will battle a mental illness in their life, right? So so you think about, you don't have to go very far for that. So, so all of a sudden you kind of, you got this like swell of people going, God, you know, that story really speaks to me and how can I be a part of that movement and how can I tell my story and how can I listen to others telling their story and, you know, basically the rest is history and now we've started a, you know, a, a camp for families that have been affected by suicide and lost somebody. We've got our, our music festival, uh, kind of a gathering of people, um, you know, kind of sharing these stories. We, I've spoken at, you know, numerous high schools and, and, uh, and other schools and community events, you know, kind of sharing my story. And I've just had a lot of opportunities as a platform now to, to like start that dialogue. And again, Mm -hmm. that start that conversation. Um, so we're kind of an advocacy organization, you know, we're like the pink of breast cancer. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing inherently cool about breast cancer, right? But people get together at a breast cancer event and everybody's kind of in pink and we sort of, there's this community that's created, you know what I mean? Through, through the color pink and we're like, Hey, you're, you know, you're part of this journey and you're a survivor and we beat these together. And I think that's what living is. I might not wear a shirt that says I lost my dad to suicide, but I'll wear a living shirt, you know, with pride. And when people see that, they go, Hey man, like, like I'm part of that story too. Or like, let me tell you my story. You know what I mean? So when people see you wearing or somebody wearing a shirt that says living, yep. what, what, what are they, does it resonate? Do they know what they're seeing? 
I mean, does it explain to them? I think, you know, I, I hope so. I mean, I mean, as you sitting here telling me, I get it. Yep. And I love it. I think it's just the greatest thing in the world. It's very popular, especially in this like country scene locally, because everybody knows who he is. And so with him talking about this movement, I like to call it a movement because it is a movement. It's very much a movement, absolutely, yep, very um, much. And so, like I said, I'm, we see decals because they have you know bumper stickers or window stickers or things like that, mm-hmm. and you see them everywhere. So it's like people are, are conscious of it now. And I was actually going to transition out of that, if you don't mind, TK. Go ahead. Because um, I mentioned before the break this story that I have, this emotional story I have, because yeah. um, I lost a friend of mine, and, well, not just a friend of mine, but a lot of people that are Rowdy Cowboy Show people there was a guy, um, a very close friend of mine back in, I think it was 2012, 2013, 2012, I think it was. His name was Richard Wiles. And uh, Cowboy Rich, everybody called him Cowboy Rich. Really good friend of mine. We actually were like five seconds away from moving in together. We were looking at places and all that stuff. And he was dating this gal and kind of got in his head and whatever. So he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. A mutual friend of ours found him at his house because he wasn't, respond to anybody's messages and things yeah. like that but i was like rocked for a long i mean still now i think about him on the regular yeah. because he just left this print like a permanent time stamp on my life mm-hmm. that i'm never going to forget and i know that there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way about him and so anyway when you i think it was like four years ago and you did and it was an outdoor event and jake nelson was playing and you guys did this balloon release where he was singing his song, You Are Not Alone, yeah. which was dedicated to suicide prevention and mental health awareness. Here we go. Here's the balloon release. Yeah. So he's singing this this hit song that he had, talking about this very subject. And PT was on stage with a mic, talking to the crowd. And then the balloons went. And I literally cried watching this the first time. Yeah. Just open, like ugly heave cry. Because I was just like mm-hmm. thinking about Rich and thinking about, you know, other family and friends and like the all these people like you said, you just you don't have to go far and you're just running into all these people like a pinball that have experienced this issue yeah. in their life. Yep. Just amazing. And uh Can you, you find know, that video, Danny? I'm and I'm certainly sorry for uh you know, sorry for your loss. You know, Jake's song, You're Not Alone, um, you know, he's performed that at uh, Stomp Out Suicide. Uh, he tells the story, and I don't want to take his thunder if and when you guys have him on the show or whatever, but that song, you know, means a lot to him because it has, you know, it has saved lives. I mean, it literally has. Like, people listen to that song and have, like, made decisions differently based yeah. on, you know, that song. And And I think that, you know... People will say things like, you know, suicide is a, is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You know, that's a sort of a, I don't say like a buzzword or a cliche that people will use in the, in those ranks. Um, but I think the, the part of it that I almost kills more people than cancer. It's, it's a, it's a big, it's, an epidemic. it's a big thing. It really, it's, it's a big thing. And I think that, you know, we're going to see, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people struggling post pandemic because of the fact mm-hmm. that. You know, when you take people almost to a certain degree, like people's sole purpose for like life or if they've been in the restaurant business for 30 years and all of a sudden they can't do that anymore. It's like <laughs> it's a big part of that. You know what I mean? And, and so I think I think that that we're going to be dealing with some elements of mental illness, you know, for a while now. And I think that, you know, what I always talk about is I don't want to remember somebody for how they died. I want to remember somebody for how they live. So mm-hmm. your your friend you know, and I think that's where living is such a hopefully a positive spin on the topic because, you know, if you if somebody passes away due to you know insert whatever cause here, right? You know, 
I mean, a car accident or, you know, cancer, as you mentioned, whatever, like we kind of we're like, oh, you know, you know, too bad or whatever. But it's like if there's this perceived choice, like with suicide, like it's just it's like that becomes their like this dark cloud, like that's their legacy. Whereas I choose to believe that that person's legacy is much greater than that. Right. And so, like, if we can remember their story for how they lived, and I think that's where living comes from and uh, and and hopefully take elements of their legacy and bring it with us. And now you can, you know, sort of maybe take, you know, Kim, I, I think all the time, like I try to live, you know, like Paul Thomas. So my dad's name was Thomas. So when I kind of took Paul Thomas and PT, I, in a way, like I created and I embodied a lot of who my dad was mm-hmm. in me. But I, I also think that it's deliberately like living is not, it's not my story, right? It become it immediately becomes your story. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And I yeah, think that, absolutely. I think that when you talk about it, uh, Shane as being a movement, like if if I were to speak on it like objectively, I think that's why people. It's one of the reasons why people resonate with it so much because it's it's like it's a simple concept. It's a positive, inspirational concept on a very difficult topic. But most importantly, when you see that, you can reflect on it how it pertains to your life, not my life. It doesn't have to have anything to do with my dad. Like yeah, my my dad, and subsequently like yeah, I started it. But you know, it the movement is alive and well because of people embodying their own stories and putting their own passion and their own struggles and you know whatever like even overcoming like there's people like survivors that have overcome some incredibly powerful things that are part of the movement and so it's it's it, it really uh I'll, i mean i you know it's, it's really tough for me sometimes to share stories but i'll i'll um i'll share one um so I've spoken a lot, as I mentioned, in like community events and like high schools and stuff like that. And I spoke at a high school one time and they always send to me like, or they don't always, but sometimes they send like thank you notes afterwards. Okay. Right. And I don't have it with me right now, but I carry it in, in my bag. One of the thank you notes said, um, dear PT, thanks for talking about living in our class. Um, it changed the way that I view life. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially it said, I changed the way and I changed my mind about my suicide. And I went home and I ripped up my goodbye notes. It turns out this person, this young girl, uh, was, was actually planning to take her life prior to me coming in and talking to the school. And, um, and like, I, and she says, you know, you talked about how, cause I always say like, if we could just change one life today, like just if one life, like if every day, it's like if we could just affect one person and like have one family like not have to go through what what we've had to go through like that would be a pretty powerful thing and she said like I'm I'm telling you today that you affected my life and I I want to thank you or whatever and like I think to myself like I'll never forget reading that note and just thinking like how full circle like the whole movement had mm-hmm. come and that like maybe in some way my father like hadn't died in in vain and then like I always kind of imagine like 10 years from now, you know, like some girl comes up to me at like, you know, a, like a Panera bread or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> Hey, you know, you're PT and you don't know who I am, but you know, 10 years ago I was in a bad spot and you walked into my room and like changed my life forever. And by the way, here's my husband and my kids or whatever. Right. Like that would be, that would be the moment that would probably, you do probably yeah. are going to have lots of those moments and then a lot of them you'll never hear about. Or you'll never know yeah. they happen, but just know, know they are happening, yeah. brother. Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah, and I, we hope so, and we know so. And it's as I mentioned, it's one of the most uh, you know to hear something like that from somebody. Uh, yeah, humbling. it's, it's it, humbling, yeah, very humbling, and and I and think made that's, it all yeah. worthwhile, all your effort, everything. I mean, that's yeah. 
That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And so answer a question for me. If there's a young person that may be listening to us and somebody's contemplating suicide, is there a number from living that they can call or is this, how does it work? Sure. Like if, how does it actually function for, because it's an epidemic. And if these kids only knew the things that we knew, and certainly me because I'm so much older than you guys are, that these bad times we go through, they build character and they're only a bad time for a time. And they're not forever. Yeah. And when you lo- break up with a boyfriend, there's a lot of guys out there. Don't kill yourself because you broke up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's just a po- uh, just a blink of an eye. It's in a the, speed bump and a yeah. very long road. Yeah. And a very good 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 analogy. But yeah, how can uh, if there's kids that are contemplating this? Because as I said, it and as you know, it's an epidemic in the schools yeah. these days. And they're killing themselves for the stupidest reasons. And it's like, my God, it's just a boyfriend. Yeah. And there's other boyfriends. And it's just a sad time for just a small period of time. Yep. And you'll have joy for the rest of your life. Don't kill yourself. Well, and the online, you know, the online bullying thing is a, is a big, in, you know, within schools. You know, I think there's, there's, probably, my heart. there's probably two, you know, I think young people often in like the teens and tweens years and it you know, like to your point about breaking your heart, it's like you hear about some of these scenarios where, you know, kids and you're losing a kid to suicide at, you know, at an age, you know, 10, 11 years old where it's like, how are they even, you know, how is that even a, in their vocabulary for crying out loud? Um, and then you also see actually like older, like older men is actually a big, mm-hmm. like um, kind of a big category. I would, I would say a couple of years ago, we had some really big struggles with farmers and whatnot, yeah. um, you know, is struggling kind of in that landscape. So first of all, like, so liveinfoundation.org, we've got a bunch of resources on our website that people can, can reach out to and connect with. There's definitely the national suicide hotline. There's a text number that people can reach out to now that, you know, texting is becoming more common, I think more so than even, you know, calling somebody. I think so that the number one thing I always tell people is there's absolutely resources out there. Now, I will say that a lot of people that are trying to get resources and trying to get into hospitals or into clinics or whatever are having a really hard time doing so like bed, you know, people that need a lot of help, like, like beds are, are literally, you know, full and, and places to get a clinic visit or whatever are a long time away, but there definitely are places out there, uh, resources that you can help. And I think living tries to be, we don't really provide anything per se ourselves. We try to be a little more of a traffic cop. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, what, what kind of help do you need? And we try to direct you right. to that capacity. Um, I think the other thing that's important to note is hopefully, um, living can, you know, maybe there's people that are like in a really, really dire spot and that's where you maybe need that national hotline or you need like, you know, direct service, like hospitalization, like right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think living actually exists and, and really can hopefully do as much help and work sort of like before that even becomes right. a thing. You know what I mean? Like before, you know, if you, if you look at like a scale of like mental illness, you know, and it's like, if this is quote unquote normal, which doesn't really exist, but it's like normal. And this is like, Hey, you need immediate help t- tomorrow. It's like, I think we need to live like kind of in the middle ground where it's like before people get to that a really point. tough spot, you know, let's make sure that they realize that, Hey man, open up to your friends, open up to your family, you know, talk to a buddy, talk to a stranger, you know, and then be willing to listen to a stranger, you know, and, and, and be a little bit, a little bit more educated um, as it pertains to some of these, you know, maybe some, some warning signs and whatnot. And I think that if we can, with living, do a better job in the general population, I'll say, and again, I'm using some, some terms that 
I don't want to generalize anything, but and just kind of keep people moving towards the the you know towards away the from the in case of emergency right, exactly. break glass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't think living is necessarily designed as a fire extinguisher. Like we're on fire. You know, we're yeah. more of like a you know we're more of an educational tool and more of an advocacy organization as as much as possible. So. But yeah, I mean, the, what's ironic is, you know, you think of like Jake's tune and a lot of other music out there, like, you're not alone. Like, that's the messaging. Like, the, the, I think there's a lot of... With it feels the, lonely right, in that exactly. moment. When you're, like, depression and a lot of mental illness, you think of like what correlates with that, and it's, it is. It's loneliness. It's isolation. It's darkness. It's you know, whatever, you, you, you know? hit on a word that is so huge, and... Um, because I mentor at my church and I mentor at the prison, and I, I didn't know my wife is so happy that I became a mentor because there's an educational tool that they give you, right. yeah. and it's all about listening. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I was never taught anything in school. We had public speaking. We had different classes, but there was never a class on listening, and it is it's changed my life so much more than anything else I can think of in recent history. But if we say anything that means anything today on this podcast, if the people listening would choose to just listen to other people, hear what they're saying, not just let it go in one ear and out the other, Amen. but listen to it. It means so much to the person that maybe has a problem. Maybe they don't know. They're not trying to tell you about a problem, but just listen, Yeah, listen to people and listen to their stories and be uh, an edifier, you know, build them up. And God dang it, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional about it because I've seen it so much in the prisons and at church and with young kids. Just listen to their story. Yeah. Listen to what they have to say. You don't need to interject your thoughts and your feelings. Listen to what they have to it's say. It's not about you, you yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's, let's be honest. There's a lot of struggles or whatever. And I, you know, like, I appreciate the opportunity, the platform to speak on. And hopefully this isn't like the most, you know, the most dra- down podcast or whatever you guys no, have done or whatever. Uh, if anything, wanted an to be positive. You know what I mean? It I needs to be said. Sort of it, you know, it's, it's said. a tough thing. And I think that, you know, if anything, maybe that's the you know, maybe that's the transition to when we talk about, like, what is Living Music Festival? And it's the idea is, like, you know what? Like, let's not make it about how, you know, these people died or let's not make it about drab or depression or whatever. Let's be comfortable. Let's be so comfortable that we can talk about depression that we're going to have a damn festival to, like, talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Put, like, we're going to get on the damn mountaintops and be like, you know, this is a thing. And, like, we're going to tell everybody as loud and proud as we possibly can that, like, we're all a part of this movement, and we don't really care who knows about it. You know what I mean? We don't PT care wearing his, his bud cape, his bud light cape. <laughs> bud light cape, yeah. 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 We we some, is, do we have some audio for that, Danny? In a truck. There's some a little there. bit of hound dog. When is this? A bit of luck. ERX Motor Park. A of bacon, a bacon, I know where that is. I don't know that I could drive straight to it. But when you release this balloon, not only send a message to those that you love, but please let go of the sadness and the frustration and the guilt that comes with it. Let's focus on the positives, the legacy, the positive legacy that those people have. 
Not okay. a dry eye in that crowd. And the balloons are going up for who or for why? Usually um, people will write on the balloon, you know, someone a they've message lost. or someone they've lost uh, or whatever is a struggle they've had. And So, yeah, that's, you know, that's the, like, kind of the daytime portion of it. And so, yeah, we've tried to take this uh, this movement and, you know, we, you know, it's like, you think about, like, what makes a great podcast, right? And it's like, hey, man, there was some laughter. There were some tears. Like, it was the good times. It was the worst of right. times. Like, we kind of had the whole roller coaster. It's like a movie, right? right? It's like a movie, right? <laughs> like, you do everything. And I think that's, that's hopefully what Living Music Festival is all about. We have a good cast here tonight. People can get together. They can say, hey, like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to have, you know, an incredible, awesome time. I'm going to have some food. I'm going to have some music, a bunch of things that I really love. Um, and I'm also going to reflect on, you know, yeah. maybe people that I've lost or my own struggle or my own journey. Um, and I'm going to, you know, try to do what I can to be the best version of myself. I would love to see that festival become huge. Well, I was going to like sort of slide in here, and we talked about this before, TK, is we would love the opportunity to bring the podcast to the Live-In Festival. And not only that, I would love to volunteer in any capacity that you thought you needed for your festival. That'd be great. I mean, you don't need a – you've got a personality. You don't need a 107-year-old MC, but (laughs) (laughs) – Where's the rim shot on that one? That's incredible. <laughs> she's working on something else. I've I'm thrown sure. a few f bombs at him. No, she's <laughs> mad at me because we argued on the break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> that's, I, don't get I am no, not. I, I just I, have this stellar video of. Okay, I'm just trying to get ahead of it. All right. No, uh, I appreciate that very much, and I think, uh, I think you know, as we've mentioned, like anything that we can do um, to continue to like make inroads with. You know, different facets of, you know, people here locally. I mean, eventually, I I think we're trying to expand regionally as well. It's been a very organic growth model. Like, we're not, you know, we're all volunteers, 100% volunteer organizations. So, volunteering is where it's at. Yeah, we're not, you know, nobody's trying to turn up you know turn up you know we don't have a you know wall street you know junkies that are trying to make money off of the you know the the organization going you're not going public next week no i don't <laughs> think so not that i'm aware of uh you know so i think that we you know we're trying to make inroads in different capacities and ultimately always trying to find you know different ways to connect with people and how do you connect with people you do it through things that they love right uh-huh. like instead of like we're not trying to say hey we're going to get together and everybody going to like you know um you know, tell stories about how much we like we like are, have struggled with stuff. It's like we're going to do positive things, right. and then open up that conversation in that capacity. So Thank it's, you so much for having us. It's like you said. Don't remember how they died. Remember how they lived. Yeah, yeah be nice. To, yeah, and I assume you get some good speakers up there. Some yeah. real positive, life filling speakers. Is that Cruzy? Mm. Are you guys ready? Chris Cruzy. Yeah. I don't have to sing, do I? Oh my god. You don't have to, but I mean, you, you can. Last year's festival. Is this going to be a big sing along? This better be a big sing along. I, I want everybody here to sing along if this is what I think it is. I've got the rice cooking in a microwave. Got a three day beer. I don't plan to say. PT, is that you in the cave? Yeah. Are you, singing, are you singing far left of the microphone because you don't have a great voice or because yes. you think there's a microphone? I'm not on the radio because I can sing. <laughs> I know how, does the, how does the joke go? I've got a face for radio. Yeah. Well, I'm, as I sit here, I, and I'm going to volunteer uh, my partner Shane as well. Yeah. If we're in town and we, there's anything I was just gonna that say, we can that's, do. That's in between the trips. 
if there's anything we can do to help you, uh, I'm in. Awesome. I've learned, and again, I don't want to get redundant on this. I am considerably older than both of you are, and I have learned. <laughs> Where's the rim shot on that one? <laughs> Kiss my ass. Um, Did you say an individually or put together? Was <laughs> it's pretty close either way. You know, I, no, you, your values change, and I know that this yeah. life's not about me. And I, yeah, I volunteer in so many different organizations, and. Uh, I, We're in the process of starting a new. My wife said to me right one now. night, you cool. know, I, when I finally retired for the sixth time from the Rowdy <laughs> Cowboy Show, I went to. That's uh, a good one, yeah. That's a good one. I went to the. Uh, we lived just north of Wyoming, and I started calling bingo at the old folks' home in Wyoming <laughs> on Monday night. Did. So That's my wife brilliant. says, "Well, Tom, you went from being a Rowdy Cowboy on Monday night to being the Rowdy Bingo caller at the old folks' home in Wyoming." <laughs> Within a week. Yeah, I know. It was just... Anyway, that's a little bit of humor, but volunteering and doing things for other people is certainly where your life is leading you. Yeah. And I know Shane's uh, of the same mindset. Um, anything we can do to help that project, is, I, I'm touched by that. Um, well, it's an epic... People that are these young, especially the young kids... Because, you know, mentoring at my church, you know, we have a, the sixth largest church in America. And Eagle Brook. Sure. I, I had a, a real close friend that I mentored with, he and his wife, and they were struggling with their son. And they were struggling, and I, they asked me to try and interject, and I tried, but he was just like unapproachable. Sure. God dang it, next a week later, the kid's dead, you know. Mm, and I'm like, geez. We couldn't. I mean, this was a case where we tried. Somebody tried. His parents tried. I tried to connect with them. Yeah. But there's so many people that are killing themselves that don't have anyone that's trying to. And it's, sometimes it doesn't take much. Sometimes it's just a, a message from you on yeah. the radio. And you can do so so much. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, little no, I think uh, that's, emotional. I think that's, and uh, we would love to help you in that, in that. That's a wonderful deal. Well, you know, we certainly appreciate it. And we... Uh, like I said, we, we definitely will we'll connect with that offline September 17th and 18th at, at ERX Motor Park. I think maybe like the, you know, to close on that particular topic or just yeah. even in general, right, is like. Who are the artists that are playing? I want to get to that Montgomery too. Montgomery so, Gentry, oh, I love it. So yeah. don't forget to, that we're going to hit the promo on that. So go ahead and finish your thought, but I want to hit promo on it. So Eddie Montgomery. Yeah. Um, so Natalie Murphy, who you saw there, Chris Cruzy. Yep. Natalie's um, played with everybody in yep. the region. And Jake Nelson. They're like the main stage performers. So Jake Nelson, Natalie Murphy, Chris Cruzy, and Eddie Montgomery of Montgomery Gentry. And there's music throughout the day on Saturday as well with Haley James, uh, Swanee Rose, uh, the Jensen sisters, and Russ Parrish. And then Papa Bear Norton is on the uh, side stage, like kind of the VIP side stage. And then Friday night, we're having a free night where people can just come out and listen to music with the Thrillbillies and then the Jensen sisters opening for them as well. Okay. Uh, there's a cornhole tournament. Uh, there's going to be um, a barbecue rib competition. So we've kind of mm-hmm. tried to turn it into a scenario where it's going to be really just a weekend of – you know, not only fun and music or whatever, but also like kind of a gathering. We got some yoga, meditation on Saturday morning, coffee and conversations on Saturday morning. That'll be good for Shane. Yeah, yep. There you go. Nature walk type of deal. That's a, <laughs> that's a Shane thing. You know, just just an opportunity for people to sort of reflect on, you know, maybe where their years been or going and all that kind of stuff in an environment that people are all part of it. And you know, I guess where I was going with that with that thought process, Shane, is like, you know, a lot of things that we've talked about tonight. 
and with, whether it's been with living or other things that we've been involved with in our life, you know, to me, one of the biggest lessons maybe that we can learn as people is like, like empathy is such a powerful thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like if the world and maybe just if people in general, you know, tried to to go through their lives with just a little bit more empathy towards like what your neighbor or like other people are going through, you know, to me, like that would make the world a better place. You don't have to agree with everybody, but mm-hmm. just like understand like where other people are coming from and have a little bit of respect for, you know, whatever it is that, that kind of drives them. And whether that is, you know, mental illness or whether that is a, a cancer battle or whether that is just like having a bad day at work or whatever Depression. it is. Yeah, like just depression have some empathy is the, towards depression is, is the epidemic. Yeah, 100%, yes. Yeah. And I think that like honestly, you look at you look at veterans like right now with um you know we we with the the Afghanistan situation and veterans like feeling as though they spent the last 20 years of their life and lost, you know, lost brothers and sisters in arms, you know, and then like like I'm sure they're struggling right it's now. It's a going, mess. Like going, going like, what the hell did just happen or whatever? And so trillions you look at of like, dollars. Right. Just the P, like just the PTSD from like a lot of that stuff. So the bottom line is it's just like it, there's a lot of stuff going on. If you have some empathy, maybe that's my message that I would just say is like to inspire people. Say, look, you know, just next time you next time you're going to say something or do something, just try a little empathy. Just understand what that person is potentially going through. Empathy well, is not the same as sympathy. Yes. Empathy is kind of a combination of sympathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just for those, you know, some people don't know what the word empathy means. They hear the word sympathy. Empathetic, sympathetic. They are yeah. different. They yes, are different. 100%. Um, uh, I want to do a shout out to uh, the Eagles Healing Nest oh, yeah. in uh, Sox Center. It's where we did a festival. With, I was telling you earlier during the break. Travis Tritt's daughter performed there. Yeah. Steve Miller's band. Is that, um, is that uh, Melody up there? there? Yeah. Melody? Melody? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. she, you know, she lost her husband yeah. and her son in war. And she started the Eagles Healing Nest up there. It was this huge facility that used to be a facility for women, I think, that were being locked up. Um, but anyway, the facility was sitting there empty. And she bulldoze the politicians says no i'm you're going to give this to me yeah it's pretty and, cool it's pretty powerful. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of soldiers that are just i can't tell you i emceed that event two years ago and i can't tell you how many soldiers walked up to me and told me i wouldn't be alive right now if it wasn't for her yeah and her efforts think about that i mean that's just huge i mean yeah. just the amount of guys that i met in one weekend right and you know they put them to work up there they they keep the facility clean painted the gardens, the lawn. I'm sorry, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but uh, you were talking about the soldiers and the eagle, eagle's healing nest up in uh, Sock Center. It was a huge deal. and uh, That thing, it never it never went any further than one year. But Yeah, they, they do some great work up there, though. Yeah. And I think they, if I remember correctly, I think they expanded – to another facility, maybe in Anoka, but I could be wrong. I know they, they were combining. They were those trying. Two, okay, yes. that was the other one. That one of that house yep. in Anoka, off of yep. like whatever, uh, just north of Main Street, just south of like ten there or whatever. Yep. I think. So yeah, they're doing great stuff, and there's a lot of people. I mean, I think like there's a lot of organizations, a lot of people out there in the mental health space or mm-hmm. like the suicide prevention space in some capacity, and I think hopefully with living, what we're trying to do is. You know, we're we're definitely not trying. Like, we want to be a 
uh, a supplement and or a complement to all of those organizations. Right. right? Like we we never want to like compete per se. If that you're makes not sense. reinventing anything, the wheel. No. Like if anything, no. what we want to do is we want to say, look. Here's an organization, whether it's Eagles, Healy's Nest, or whatever, they're doing a great job. It's like, hey, man, that organization is living foundation approved. And we put a right. little, like, hashtag live and stamp on there, and we either help them with our resources or our funding right, right. or whatever it is. And then just do that same thing with, like, you know, with organizations and people, like, all over the, you know, eventually all over the metro or all over the, you know, the, the region or, you know, maybe all over the country. I don't know. I don't know where it goes. Like, I, I you know, I think it's organic the excitement of right? it. Right, that's the point of it. Like every morning, and I always tell people, it's like you know what, I, I didn't. It's get like up, wildfire, brother. I didn't get up to you know. I didn't wake up one day and decide I wanted to be part of the living movement or whatever. Like I, you know, I this kind of it yeah. happened. Like, and I'm trying to take. We we say this all the time. You can't change the past. All you can do is affect the future. And mm-hmm. so, you know, instead of focusing on the on the past and like maybe being frustrated and, and being angry or being sad or whatever, I still take those emotions, but I take those and try to do it in a positive way and, and make change like in our world, right? Like that's, that's what it's all about. So it's morphed to what it is and uh, it'll yeah. continue. And I get that. It's, it's a great living. deal. It is. It's huge. Yeah. And I don't think you, I, I know he's being very humble, but he's really understating just how big it already is. That's why I use the reference of wildfire because it's like you never know where the breeze is going to blow that sucker, but it will grow. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, and that's what we're seeing with it because you got these people that are dedicated fans that travel around and they throw the stickers up in different places. Like there was some gal that went to Europe and was putting stickers on bridges in <laughs> France or something. And it I was went like, viral at one point in time on Reddit because it was like a free sticker thing. And at one point in time, I was kind of frustrated because I was like, well, they're just people are just like applying. Like they would go to our website and get free stickers or whatever. But then I was like you know what though if we can send a card with it with like what living is all about and we had it was incredible like we send so we sent the decals that were free and they're still free on our website livingfoundation.org but then we sent the card the informational card with it like a little postcard and then we had people like writing us to us say hey you know what i never heard about this i didn't know what it was and this is super powerful to me and all of a sudden people are putting living stickers on their guitar cases and on their laptops and you know like you know their suitcases or whatever traveling the world with living on their on their suitcase man and it's yeah, like it's amazing it's a pretty powerful thing and it, it like starts said, conversation because people are like what is that exactly that's exactly what it is it starts conversation people go what's living they go, let me tell you something about living i just took that one out of your pocket yeah. by the way. <laughs> before we get, let you get out of here pt because we are getting up against the clock here no worries man but i can't let you run without us going into one more of your projects that i know you're excited to talk about and that is one that just sort of like got brought back from the dead recently and that's the pt on the patio now <laughs> yeah. i had the, the opportunity tk to experience a handful of these pt on the patios back in the day when they were with the other affiliate and uh it was super fun to, to get to experience these things because not only is pt a great host and a wonderful mc it's very entertaining and obviously we've talked at length about how fun he is just to hang out with but the things that he does with these pt on the patios the air fiddle contest <laughs> Is like legendary now in this market. Yeah. So PT, basically, PT on the patio is just a traveling fun show with me and like a you know an artist kind of you know Iconic playing shirts. Yeah. Just just being goofy basically on you know on patios throughout the metro and and um, you know truth be told I think in the, you know I was working for uh, Clear Channel at the time and there there was an event called Oak on the Water which was Brian Oak with Cities ninety seven Oak on the Water. And, like, I kind of watched his his show, and, like, and this is what we were talking about when I wanted to be in radio. Like, I would watch, see what was going on, and kind of learn from it and say, okay, well, like, how could I take that and, and do my thing or whatever? And so 
decided that PT on the patio was what we were going to do. And it's basically, like I said, just me being out on patios, playing games. I do um, PT Pyramid, which is basically like $25,000 pyramid. We do name that tune. We do like table trivia or whatever. And then the air fiddle competition, as Shane mentioned, basically came out of the fact that I was like, I got to have something that is just like, I'm just known for with PT on the patio and I'm driving. I'll never forget this. I was right by uh, Rockwoods on where, mm-hmm. where, where you go 169 South and yep. it's like, it kind of comes up and you're like, I got Rockwoods on your right. And I think it was Cowboy Jacks on your left and you're kind of up top. And Colin Baton Rouge came on <laughs> my radio, right? And I'm like, this song has always been like my favorite damn song of all time or one of them, whatever, right? Mine too. And it's super Love fast. It. Oh. It's only two and a half minutes long. So I'm thinking to myself, like, logistically it works. And the, and like, you think about people like doing like an air drums or like air guitar. Well, in country music, you've got the fiddle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if we did an air fiddle competition at like every PT on the patio for like prizes or whatever. And I brought it back to the folks at uh, my radio station at the time, which was Bob FM. And I will say this, a bunch of them were looking around like this guy's effing nuts. Like, what is he talking about? It's crazy. And I say, you know what? And I, I'll never forget this part too. I said, you know what? When you're up, when you're on the bottom, when you're Rocky Balboa, you have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Like we were, we were not, I mean, you know, we were not number one. So like when you're not number one, you can take chances, man. You can do whatever you want. And that's what I told him. I said, we're going to try this and see what happens. If we fall on our face, we fall on our face. Well, here we are seven years later, and I'm ordering Amazon miniature little fiddles. You know, on, on uh, Like I order these miniature fiddles on Amazon. Shh, don't tell anybody where they come from. Okay, so <laughs> the air fiddle Edit trophy. Edit yeah, it out. The air fiddle trophy. <laughs> and honestly, so then people think they go home with a prize and like this little like you open up the little case and it's got nothing. You know, it's just got the, the bow in it, even though they get the fiddle too, but just kind of become a thing and so there are people that have come back like you know week after week to try to win the air fiddle competition at pt on the patio <laughs> and then you know then we i tell them about living and you know obviously it's become a platform for living as well and you know after the air fiddle competition we we i ask people i tell them hey i this is what living is all about and this is why i'm here and uh we 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 finish every single pt on the patio with a tune uh travis Tritt, great day to be alive and most of the time people you know sing along and it's kind of a you know I mean, it's 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 a great experience. I hope for people that that come out to the show. So yeah. that's where it is. That's where it ends. There's PT a, on the patio. Ben Johnson. Yep, upcoming with Ben Johnson. Uh, September second. Uh, and by the way, a hometown show. That's my first ever. When I was doing podcasts, like way back in the day, like I said, ten years ago, I was doing these. I kind of did something like that at a patio in Bloomington. And that's my hometown. So, so to to have PT on the patio, like come back to Bloomington now at the North Star Tavern, is, is gonna that be where it's going to be? North, gonna be Star North, Tavern. North Star Tavern, which is uh, at the place used to be Lomans Plaza, and then the the last one is going to be September 9th at the Lookout in Maple Grove. Okay, yeah, that'll be the last one. So we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll do some stuff there. So we did a show there. It's yep, a good place. Does. Mike, yeah, Mike does a great job. Show, yeah, yeah, good, good guy, good guy. And then the next week will be uh, Living Music Festival, and we don't do a PT on the patio there. We don't do an air fiddle competition there, but we'll, we will do. I mean, I'm pretty sure Chris Cruzy is going to do a great day to be alive again. So. How do you not have an air fiddle contest <laughs> at the Living Music Festival? You can bring them up on the it's stage. It's a separate brand, man. It's a separate. You know, it's like PT on the patio. Yeah. So they, I don't know. It, it's it, all you, brother. Yeah, it's well, all PT. That's true. It's it's all part of the same uh, same umbrella. It's all part of the same flow, the main. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've got some links there. Um, PT, why don't you, uh, bef- as before we, Tom and I close out the show, why don't you just drop some some social links, web links, stuff like that for folks so they can find you, find your projects? Sure. So the, the easiest thing for Livin is just livinfoundation.org. Again, Livin is L-I-V-I-N 
foundation.org. That's where you can pretty much find everything there uh, on the social platforms of Instagram and Facebook. We're just living foundation on those as well. And then uh, my stuff is just Paul Thomas show. So uh, basically just all written out Paul Thomas show one word. That's where you get all my stuff. So. And then Midwest CMO dot yep. Midwest CMO. So Midwest CMO is at, uh, is at Midwest CMO on uh, Instagram and then on Facebook, it's just written out. So it's Midwest country music organization. Okay, so fantastic. website for that is midwestcountrymusic.org. So we're hoping that, you know, with, with the Midwest Country Music Organization, we're hoping that, you know, eventually if we were doing boots and backstraps like 10 years from now, like basically anybody that is everybody in the country music landscape in the upper Midwest is like part of the Midwest CMO. Like yeah. that's kind of the, the ultimate goal or whatever is to provide that, that kind of that background. And, and really cool, I'm, I'm doing a, a syndicated radio show now called Midwest Country Music Originals. So all of the artists in the Midwest CMO that have original music can submit their music and it goes on the show. And we've got it syndicated right now to like 16 radio stations in the upper Midwest. Wow. And, you know, our goal is to get to like probably 20 or so by the end of this year, maybe 30 or so by the end of next year. So like... What's really cool is then you get these guests that come on this show, on your guys' show, that are musicians. A lot of them are part of the Midwest CMO. And so when they submit their music, like we get them on this show, and all of a sudden they're being played in Iowa and Wisconsin and South Dakota or whatever. And it really helps to blanket their, their music out there, which is super neat. So it I'm is proud of that, man. Well, it's been an honor to have you here, brother. I mean, it's obviously been an honor to be here. Thank you very much. I mean, other than catching up, it's been a while since we've been to <laughs> yeah. sit in the same room we together. We should just go to a serums and have some wings and then we do need the to same do that. thing. Yeah, we'll yeah. drag this guy with. Yeah. I'd love to go. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's good. Love the wings. Cheers, guys. It's been a pleasure having you, brother. Thank you so much for uh, carving out some uh, dad and wife time. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure <laughs> thank you thank Brooke and, yes. uh, and yeah. your lovely baby girl yeah. for letting us have you for a couple hours. Appreciate you guys very much, man. Best of luck with the rest of uh, you know your show as you continue to build and grow this brand. And, and uh, uh, anything that I can do to continue to support it and cross-promote or whatever, very grateful. So thank you guys very much and much love. Yeah, appreciate that very much. Folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of Boots and Backstraps. Um, and again, if we thank PT for joining us this week. Don't forget to uh, comment, like, and share all of the episodes that you're watching here, even if you're just catching a few minutes here and there throughout your workday or in your drive to and from work. We appreciate all the support you give us. Make sure you comment, as I mentioned, because it helps with the algorithm. And, uh, and uh, TK, let's bring this plane in for a landing, brother. All right. Great show, PT. Thanks for being with us. And, folks, uh, whether you're belting out your favorite country song or out there pursuing your favorite game animal, I encourage you to use that same passion to pursue the Lord. He'll teach you to shoot straight. Thanks for viewing this week, and we'll see you next week. Honey's <laughs> on, looking for backstraps, way deep in the woods. Tracking in a swamp to a hayfield under the harvest moon. When the tags are filled, it's time to switch up our boots. Head down to the honky tonk, get us a swing dance or two. We're talking about boots and backstraps.